Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick and Mike take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this week's episode, the boys are joined by Showboys correspondent Jordan and Tom from Be Hero Fights to take a deep dive into the Snyder Cut. So, what's Zack Snyder's Justice League? Showboys, my name is Mike, and as always, I am joined by my good friend and co-host Nick, all the way down in the bottom right corner. Bottom. Uh, I was going to try to point, but now I'm. I, it's hard enough for me to point the right way. And now you're like diagonals. That's funny. And, yeah. Uh, but yes, Nick, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. How are you? Swell. I'm real excited about tonight. Actually, I know uh, we, got a, we got a party in here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, you know, who else, who better to have on the show with us than our, our uh, showboys correspondent, as I've dubbed him, our, our comics expert, Jordan, who's, who does the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Companion series with us. So how are you doing, Jordan? Good, good. I mean, I'm pretty excited for this, not going to lie. But yes. I've been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> for for about four years or so yeah. <laughs> uh and then uh our other good friend and fellow podcaster tom from be hero uh you've heard him here on the show before um a good friend of mine and welcome tom happy to be here um excited to talk about this i'm uh i mean i think everyone knows that i'm a huge like superhero and comic book fan so uh watch yes. the movie i'm excited to to discuss it yes and i don't want to leave out my other friends who are joining us tonight if you're watching the live stream or uh the youtube video in the future uh you know i thought why not have my justice league uh batman vs superman and dc related funko pops with us so you know we got we got the joker uh it's hard to see i'll bring him up to the camera there you go Ah, fancy joker then we got you know aquaman we got deathstroke we got batman the nightmare batman you know with the trench coat and goggles and then of course superman wonder woman and mara i mean we got the the whole crew we just need cyborg and flash and then we'd be good to go you got the whole Um, nightmare gang actually that's right actually yeah just we'll knock out (laughs) aquaman and then we got the the epilogue (laughs) post-credit scene there um, but yes, before we get into the episode tonight, I just want to do a couple, you know, your guys, everyone's favorite portion of the episode where I just plug nonsense for a couple minutes. So bear with me. You know, we got our discord. Uh, it's been real fun. It's growing. Uh, Tom and the B hero guys are in our discord with us now too. Uh, so if you haven't joined yet, please do. It's a great place to, uh, just engage with us from showboys and also other listeners. And we talk all kinds of nonsense about anything that you could possibly think of. So be sure to jump in there if you can. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please consider subscribing. Hopefully we'll earn your subscription tonight. 
Um, if you're listening on an audio platform, consider, please consider rating or reviewing our episode. It really helps us out, helps us grow and, and get into the algorithm, which is every podcaster's dream. Uh, <laughs> Algo. Yeah. And then, um, you know, talking superheroes, there's this little Disney Plus show going on right now called Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um if you didn't know, we're doing a companion series. Jordan and I do it. Uh, we jump on here every Sunday night at 9 p.m. and we recap, break down, speculate, uh, have all kinds of fun talking about the most recent Falcon and Winter Soldier episodes. So be sure to join us on Sundays. And then, yeah, what do you? Before we get in here, Tom, what what do you got going on at Be Hero? Um. Right now, kind of status quo with uh, Be Hero Fights, but we are looking at uh, starting a couple shows. In fact, one of them um, within the next couple of weeks here is going to be another podcast called She Rose that's going to be highlighting, um, you know, female heroes, uh, nice. both in fiction and in history. Um, you know, it, any heroic woman doesn't have to be historical. It can be someone that's still alive as well. But that's kind of kind of the idea behind that. Um, so we've got some... Uh, actually my sisters <laughs> uh, oh, nice. are going to be the hosts of that. So uh, we're excited about that. So that should be rolling out in the next couple of weeks, but um, tune in though uh, on Tuesday, um, we have the first episode of our Joker tournament. We're doing a battle Royale debating which Joker is best between uh, eight of the, the most known <laughs> uh, Jokers that, that there have been. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be three episodes. Uh, the first episode launches next Tuesday. Uh, second one, actually, Jordan was was in. Um, and yeah, it's it's fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Um, I mean, an an eight Joker battle royale. That's that's going to be <laughs> real interesting. About that. Looking forward to hearing those spicy takes for some of the. Uh, not so fan favorite jokers <laughs> uh but yeah that's great um now that i'm done being an idiot about that i'm excited for those episodes <laughs> you're good dude oh <laughs> uh, yeah um but yeah so now we got all of those fun plugs and house cleaning stuff out of the way um the real reason we're all here tonight is to look at hops Yes, to look at Hobbs, who's chilling by the fire. Um, so which, by the way, Nick has a beautiful dog, and he's he's finally on camera. So I was say, is he always there? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he is. Go back and watch all our episodes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, finding Hobbs will be like finding the last Easter Where's egg Waldo? in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie that James yeah. Gunn will not reveal. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> It's like you gave him like a special treat to make sure he doesn't move for two hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he just drugs him. And then... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, there there was this this small indie film that released on HBO Max uh, last Thursday. Actually, a fan that or a film that fans have been pining for for quite some time, about four years to be exact. Um, and that is the Snyder cut of the Justice League. And wow, I just, I had to, you know, cause I'm getting older now and I can't stay up as late as usual. I have children and a family. So like, you know, I have to have family time and then by the time family time's over, I'm pretty much wiped out. So I had to break this up into 
basically <laughs> six sessions. I watched it part by part. Um, but yeah, did holy cow. Do, did you do six separate sessions? Roughly. I roughly. mean, there were times where I'd like bleed into the next section before I started dozing off. And I was like, okay, I better stop now. So I don't miss anything. I but I just one, wrapped it two, up last three, night. And then the last three. Nice. What'd you guys do? Was it a one sitting for you guys? It was for me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, my youngest was having a hard night. So I put him to bed and then I grabbed my oldest and I was like, Hey, let's, let's watch it. <laughs> nice. And fair. then I was like, I, I, I was that like, you know, I know it's rated R and he's young, but it's like, it's a super, I'm, it's not Deadpool for God's sake. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't yeah. that worried about it. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, for us, we, we did it. Um, yeah. We watched it all the way through. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, my, my uh, bladder's not like it used to be. <laughs> to, we had to stop and, you know, take potty breaks. And He, he sneezes uh, the wrong way and he's got to go you like, know, make a wardrobe change. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fire hose. Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. So That's what happens I figured, when you have kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your body's just not the same anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that dad bod. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, so I figured, uh, you know, maybe we'll just, I'll run down, you know, quick history of how the Snyder Cut came to fruition. You know, maybe give the original plan for the Snyderverse, Zack Snyder's vision for the DCEU. And then we can just get right into the movie. So, um, yeah, Zack Snyder did have an original plan for his quote-unquote Snyderverse, and um, that was to be a five-film arc beginning with Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and then a Justice League trilogy. Um, and he intended for Batman vs. Superman to be the darkest film in the franchise, and then the subsequent Justice League films be lighter in tone. Uh, but due to the poor reaction from or of Batman vs Superman, uh, Snyder was already in hot water hot water prior to Justice League with the studio. So WB ends up hiring Joss Whedon, who directed in the MCU. He directed the the first Avengers film and then Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, so he had you know some superhero comic adaptation experience in film. Uh, but the WB hired Joss Whedon then to come and rewrite the script and help with what they say is quote extensive reshoots. Uh, and the studio also also mandated that the runtime be less than two hours, <clears throat> which Snyder's first cut of the film was. I don't think it was. You know, well, maybe it was this four hour version, but it was much longer than two hours. Um, I think I even read that the studio said that it was unwatchable which is <laughs> so brutal um but snyder was expected to film the scenes that whedon wrote rewrote and they were supposed to work together to meet wb's new request for justice league uh and while this was all going on uh the snyder family experienced an extreme extremely sad tragedy uh where Zack snyder's daughter autumn died by suicide in March of 2017, which is awful, and I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. Uh, but you know, rightfully so, this caused uh, the Snyders, because not only was Zack Snyder working on it, but his wife Deborah was a producer on the film as well. Uh, this obviously 
and rightfully so caused them to want to take a step back uh, from the project to grieve and heal and deal with what was going on in their personal lives. Um, so then basically Whedon reshot like 90% of the movie. Uh, he added about 80 pages to the script and uh, the cinematographer Fabian Wagner estimates that Whedon's cut, which is comically deemed the Justice League. <laughs> so good. So good. Never gets old. Uh, yes. But Whedon's cut uh, allegedly only uses about 10% of Snyder's like original footage that he shot before he stepped away. Um, honestly, it's my personal opinion that uh, the studio kind of used the Snyder family tragedy to like finally push him out of the project because they, uh, you know, as I said earlier, they kind of weren't happy with the reviews of Batman vs Superman. Uh, so they kind of were like, this could be an entirely separate podcast, but like WB, like Warner Bros is the most spineless, like terrible movie studio. And I like hate them with every bone in my body. <laughs> Because they they just they're so quick to just abandon things because they're chasing the bag, right? Which hey, everyone's got to get paid. But uh, you know, maybe if they just let their their people like actually make their vision without meddling with all these projects, like the movies will turn out great and they'll get their bag. But that's my own personal opinion. Um, but yeah, so that's a quick rundown of you know how. The original Justice League then releases its tanks in the box office gets annihilated by critics and fans alike. And basically from opening night, you know, the fans start the hashtag release the Snyder cut. And it basically raged on and on all throughout the internet for the last four years until WB and HBO finally caved and allowed Zack Snyder to restore and, finish and piece together his original cut which i think i also read that he only uh added that five minute epilogue and the the nightmare part uh that's the only new thing that he wrote and added to the movie so everything else was already written already shot you know they just had to polish up um but yeah so here we are the snyder cut finally releases and from what I'm seeing, it's just being met with universal praise, pretty much. Am I wrong in that? Uh, the majority of it is, is really good. Sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I, I've, I've actually kind of um, spent a little bit of time digging for, you know, negative stuff. And it was, it was, it was difficult to find, you know, there, at least something that was completely negative. Um, I know some of the, the conversations I had with people about the film. Um, a lot of people always, you know, say that I, I, just, I defended to the, to the bitter end. Um, I, I, I try not to, you know, um, mm -hmm. but it's, I think a lot of it is, um, I think it's a lot of, a lot of it's undeserved hate that a lot of the other stuff gets. And this one, it's not as easy to pinpoint something like that, that to hate on. And it, it's a, uh, you can you can definitely tell that the the mood is different. A lot, there's even some uh, I, I was once someone on YouTube actually had said um, that hating Zack Snyder has basically paid his bills <laughs> because of all the views his videos. Get. Yeah, 
Um, I laughed pretty hard at that too. Uh, and then, uh, but he's like, he's like, oh my God, I liked it though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good example right there. He's got to switch his stance and get more of his bills paid. Right. Because yeah. right. the narrative has changed. Yep. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. And I don't For think it's now, completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it physically looks different too. Like you said, like the vibe of it is different. The, you know, it physically has a different filter on the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And not to mention the, the aspect ratio to change too, um, which we'll get into later. Um, but so Tom, uh, like I, let's go around the circle here uh, and we'll start with Tom. Like just what are, what were your general, what's your general opinion after watching the movie? Like, Fan, not a fan, like, dislike, uh, what, what's your general vibe right now? Yeah, um, I'm definitely a fan. I, I really enjoyed it. That I would say that there, there's actually a lot of really good takeaways and, re- and really good wins here. And I think first and foremost, the biggest win is uh, for the audience. You know, we demanded something and we got it. Studios, for the second time in, what, two years, have been, sh- like, have been put in their place by fans. The The first example would have been Sonic, right? Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. Um, so I, I would say this is a really good thing to that's helping push against studio overreach. There's a big problem with cinema and studio overreach, especially most, most specifically in American cinema, uh, not nearly as much around the world, but just American cinema and their push for the PG 13 rating and all these things. And, and so studios feel like they know better than the fans, you know, funny thing, um, well, we, you know, while you're kind of talking about like the history of the Snyder cut and, um, and even like Snyder's vision for the five, five movies. Um, I remember reading when, uh, before Batman V Superman came out, there was a pre-screening for the studio execs and they gave it a standing ovation. Uh, and then it was, it, just, it bombed. Like it just shows that they don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Again, I think this is a big win for fans in in having our voices heard. I think it's a big win for creators uh, and artists for being able to to realize their vision. Now, outside of that, um, I I think it's really a really good movie. I think one of the bigger problems with the Justice League is uh, pacing. Um, it really kind of, to me, it just kind of felt like it stumbled along. Like it's, it actually felt better on probably like the second or third viewing. Um, like in my opinion, so there are lots of movies that are like that, that like the first time you watch it, it's just like, it just feels like it's stumbling. And then like, it feels better when you watch it again, but it's like, but also the mystery is gone. So it's, it's still not as good. Um, and I think the justice, Joss Whedon version uh, had, had that problem. Um, whereas Zack Snyder is like everything, what he's able to do, Zack Snyder is an incredibly talented cinematographer. Um, he knows how long to let a shot linger. He knows how long to like, to focus on something to really build like those solid character moments. Um, and I think that this version, albeit four hours and there, that, you know, there is stuff that, isn't necessary um you know it could be trimmed down a little bit but um i think the character moments are are key to this film yeah what about you nick so well i think overall from my more non-superhero based you know fandom 
like I'm not a huge fan of you know all the superhero stuff, but I do watch them and I do enjoy them. I just don't dig deeply. Um, what I do overall like about it is that yes, it's four hours long, and I think that's because he packed in every single second that he shot just because he could. There's no limitation there, so why not? Um, but I think it could be trimmed down to like three and a half hours, and it would be it would fix a whole lot. But what I like about the length and the way it kind of stumbles through it is it reminds me of, you know, a gangster epic, right? Gangs in New York, um, you know, all the four hour um, movies out there covering gangster stories um, and stuff like that. And I just feel like that brought a little bit of that into this genre, which is always just fast paced moving right along through the story it's all about getting the pacing like perfect right for everyone just to pick it up and marvel's really good at that and you know they kind of turn and burn through this same kind of formula when it comes to superhero movies this completely removes itself from that it takes all four hours to develop these main characters and Mm -hmm. go through you know what they're going through and there's scenes that don't necessarily make sense and they're kind of dumb and boring but a lot of movies that are that long have that, but the director wanted to, for some reason, have it in there. Why? Because yeah. they can. And why? Because they're <laughs> not, they're not limited, you know, by having that keep it under two hours or, you know, it's not going to happen. I just, my mind immediately goes to like a Tarantino flick, right? Right. Um, yeah. Like in glorious bastards, I felt like that was like six hours long and like love it. The entire, like, I think the first like 45 minutes are, is just dialogue, like in that house or so. I don't know if it's 45 minutes, but it felt like it 45 is. minutes. Yeah. It was good. I, I enjoy stuff like that, but right. I could see how like your average movie watcher or whatever would get annoyed by things like that. Like for example, in the Snyder cut, uh, a scene that I got, generally annoyed by was the like uh the the icelandic uh everyone i think everyone doesn't like that no one no one cares yeah like okay it's kind of cool but like do you need to do the whole song like the whole like (laughs) four minute song (laughs) um but yeah i mean it uh, felt unearned anyway yeah like was he dying like i was confused i'm like wait what's happening like is he gone for the year he's gonna take a dip because this one doesn't really do anything to show like his impact on that community. Like, right. In fact, uh, Joss Whedon's version, I think actually did a little bit better at showing how he helps them than this one. And yeah, yeah, again, it just felt unearned. It was Um, a, uh, again, this is probably where I get the benefit of the doubt thing. I I didn't like it either. You know, I definitely didn't, Uh, but it, it really, it was awkward, right? Yeah. really, Really awkward. Uh, I think it was kind of cool though to see when he you know when when he leaves it's almost like you know what did maybe you know the uh, Atlanteans do when Poseidon would like be there and leave right maybe there was like a a hymn song something really weird some ancient tradition that they did um, it would have been better if she didn't pick up the sweater and, <laughs> and like sniff it. it yeah um, <laughs> smells like fish and. Yeah, it's a Momoa cologne. This is this is where this is where I I can't defend it at that point. <laughs> you know, there's there's a, a, a yeah. 
awesome. I bet that was unscripted. She just yeah, she it was just, just she's like chasing she like, Momoa through his shirt off. I'm just an extra, so I'm just gonna sniff the shirt. It's kind of cool that I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I'm back on board. I like it. Yes, yeah, there we go. We got it. So Jordan, uh, let's come to you. Your your general vibes. Um, I hated it. You know, here's something crazy weird. <laughs> he when, just leaves. When they first said that they were doing it, I was like, no, come on. It's, you know, Zack Snyder was like, what, like posting a bunch of stuff, just kind of like peppering it. So mm-hmm. when I heard that it actually was happening, uh, I, for the longest time, I wasn't even like, you know, you'd think knowing me from what you guys know of me, I would jump in there and click my heels, right? I was like, oh, cool. This is pretty cool. I, I felt a lot like Tom. The first thing that came to my mind was, Way to hand it to the studio execs, right? Like Sonic, when Sonic happened, believe it or not, I actually mentioned to my friend, I'm like, wow, what if the Snyder Cut happens now? You know, as soon as people start demanding something, you're, you're starting to see it, especially, I think it's something COVID probably presented, right? Studios mm-hmm. were hurting from certain aspects of things. They wanted to make sure revenue streams are coming in. They were like, oh my God, what? Maybe we should just listen to people, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, and, and we're out of ideas. Right? What do we do? I know. I know. <laughs> They only um, listen to the dumb people. Let me just throw that out there. Well, it's like you know, people that pay us. What do they want? Who knows? Why would we yeah. ask them? Yeah. They're only paying us. Yeah. Show, them, <laughs> show, show them something we hate. Standing ovation. Um, <laughs> as, as for the movie, like I, I mean, like I was, I was, I, I was kind of blown away multiple times during it. You know, there was, there's more Easter eggs than I, I, I ever thought there would be in there. You know, there, there's nods to. Um, a potential space for Spectre. There's a nod for John Stewart. A lot of these things that you can tell that the groundwork is, is to go so much further than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as far as how it was put together, you know, I see it as an inverted way of how Marvel launched things. Marvel did all their individual movies and gave, and you know, brought them all together where, you know, Zack Snyder's idea was to give all these individual movies a launching pad. You know, they all they all start off in a row, just like a bunch of bottle rockets, say, and then yep. you just light them, light them, light them, light them, and watch them start going. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, Some men just want to watch the world burn. I think right, a wise man once right. said. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think when when you look at that, you you I mean, you can automatically say, oh, this isn't you know, it's not working because it's not what Marvel did. Uh, I just think some of the storytelling and the quality is just not at the par as Marvel. It's not not the order of the movies. Um, and I think if they did exactly what Marvel did, they'd probably be criticized for that too, you know? Yeah. So I think you're a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. So you might as well be different and, yeah. um, you know, just do it. But Dude. The, the length was, I was fine with it. I wanted more. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a perfect segue actually, because uh, Nick knows this is my biggest gripe. Like when this, when, I mean, even when Batman vs Superman came out, um, your point, Jordan, is uh, – I mean, it's like you literally are inside my brain. Um, I am. <laughs> um, that is my no, brain. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so you're, exa- you're exactly right. DC is in a lose-lose spot. There's nothing they can do that will, uh, you know, get them net positive anywhere. With the, in the fan's eye or the studio's eye because WB sucks. Um, but you're right. You're exactly right. If they copy Marvel, they're going to get just criticized 
off the face of the planet for like, oh well you just can't what you can't think of your own mm-hmm. thing your own way to start this universe and so they didn't copy marvel which i loved and appreciated uh because if i wanted to watch a marvel movie i have like 23 marvel movies i can watch like yes. yeah. no i want to watch a dc movie and the DC movies have had a vastly different feel, even like, you know, the Nolan movies, they're not in this universe, but they're a completely different take on superheroes than the Marvel stuff. Um, You know, so I I come in Batman versus Superman, which I probably get a ton of like slack for saying this, like is in my top five movies of all time. Like that's one of my favorite movies. I know the Martha part is awful. (laughs) I, I don't think I, it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, yeah. I, why? Like, and it's it's not the delivery of it. It just just conceptually, it was just a dumb weird. way to break up the fight. Um, did, did you not think to yourself though, like as long as you've known these characters, did you ever think that both their their parents' name were Martha though? I actually never thought that. I never like I, I like when that happened. I was like, what did the and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> How, yeah, they're the same, the same freak. And and you know, it 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 you know, I guess you could say triggers him in, in a way that like you'd make fun of. But the dude's a psychopath. Batman's a psychopath. You know, really the, the weirdest things like that are. <laughs> it really it's not like it's not like Superman knew that that was gonna hit hit a nerve, right? Right. Like he didn't think about that. As a matter of fact, Superman was probably even more scared <laughs> after he said that. Let alone the spear of kryptonite yeah. pulling his face. He's like, oh, this guy's really going to kill me now. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, is it a little weird? Yeah. Um, but like I said, he's a guy who dresses like a bat who's borderline <laughs> fascist. <laughs> but it, it's, but it's here, all a little weird. Here's yeah. the thing: like Snyder just does not understand these characters to begin with. Like he he did not get Batman right in Batman. Oh no! No 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 no. Uh, read Frank Miller's Dark Knight and Dark Knight. I, it is Those, my all-time favorite dude, comic book it's arc. Such I have read a cool, it many times. It's such a cool take on Batman, and I see such similarities between it, this Batman and that Batman. It was the inspiration, but <laughs> Snyder has come out saying that like someone like Batman, of course, is going to have his hands dirty. But that's not mm-hmm. who Batman is. Batman is an archetype for the person that doesn't cross the line, and Snyder's like, Screw that. He crosses the line all the time whenever it's convenient to cross the line. That's who Batman is. That's what Snyder said, but that's not who Batman is. He is the complete opposite of that. He is the person that can go to the edge of the line and stop. Are you talking about only with the the obvious killings that happened in it? Um, Yeah, I mean, that even in The Dark Knight Rises, he was never going to kill Superman. He wanted to put him in his place. Or the Dark Knight uh, Returns. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but but in the Dark Knight, whichever one he uses the phones to do the whole. Oh, no. So this is uh, this is that is not a... crossing the line in ethics of like technology, right? I mean, he's not killing people, but he is misusing technology. <laughs> he crossed the line because why? He could. Yeah. He's a billionaire and he has the tech. Well, like that's the thing <laughs> that. Um, so that we're so now we're talking different Dark Knights. Uh, but I agree with your point, though, Nick, because that that does make sense. Because invasion of privacy is not cool, and sometimes it's really messed up. It's a big issue. Um, but like, I think that this brings me to another topic. Uh, so, 
our friend uh, Ryan, our chief moderator in the Discord. You might know him as Fortress Tiberius if you're in our Discord. Um, his big gripe with the DCEU is exactly what Tom's saying, like the take on the characters. Specifically for him, uh, it was Superman until the Flash showed up in when he showed up because the flash is his like all-time favorite character um which i agree with him on the flash like i don't get that you got i I mean like in the comics he's yeah it's just uh yeah anyways um but to that i say again if i like wanted a photocopy of each character i would just go read the comics right um at some point you have to allow a little creative liberty with within the story that the person is trying to tell. So emo Superman, you know, in man of steel and it, it kind of made sense in the story that was being told in that movie. And Batman, uh, like the bat fleck, it made sense <laughs> in terms of the story, right? Cause he's, He's older, he's jaded, he know he feels like he's not making a difference, so he's like done. And then you know, S- Superman happens and he's like, oh, "Okay, this is this is crazy. Like I'm just I'm sick of everything." Like um But yeah, you you have to allow the the creative freedom to interpret the characters in terms of the story that's trying to be told. And I I kind of appreciate that about Snyder's Snyderverse so far. Uh, but that's not to say that there aren't a few things character wise here and there that I think could be tweaked. Um, but overall I thought it was fun. I thought there were some moments that drug kind of like you guys are saying, you could probably trim a little bit of time off. Um, I loved, like Tom said, the dive into each character. I loved how cyborg basically is like the heartbeat of the story and like the main, really the main player of the story. Uh, which is awesome. And like, I don't, is the cyborg solo movie still in the works or did that get scrapped? No pun intended. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I know I don't think anyone really knows, but I, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my money on it. Yeah. You know? but um, Here we are. Right. <laughs> exactly. Anything's possible now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, to go back to the original point, like they tried something new. They tried, uh, doing the team up movie first, and that just pissed a bunch of people off. So like, I didn't get to know these characters, and I'm like, well, that's why they're going to have solo movies. Like, do you really need to get to know Batman or Superman? Exactly. Or like, I mean, how do you not know these characters, even if you don't? It's not the audience comics? we're looking like, for. <laughs> like, they're the two biggest superheroes ever. You don't need a movie explaining their backstory. Um, and the little bit that you get of the Flash and Cyborg and Wonder Woman in these movies, think of it as the 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 teasers you get in Marvel movies where a character shows up in like a post credit scene or they're in the movie for like five minutes. It's the same thing before they get their solo movie. It's just it isn't Marvel, so it's wrong. Well, it's almost like yeah, it's the it's the built up anticipation like oh here's a superhero i need a i need a solo movie right it's just like the the knowing that they are a a main character somehow ruins that for people and they expect a a solo movie like if they just introduce a brand new superhero and like did not really reveal it much until the end of the movie everybody would be okay and be like oh i can't wait for that solo movie later 
Yeah, but that's the thing. Like all these characters had solo movies in in the in the plans, right? Like Flash yeah, I, is still getting a solo movie. Cyborg was supposed to get a solo movie. Wonder Woman got her solo movies. Sorry, yeah. Tom. I didn't mean to keep interrupting you. No, you're good. <laughs> I, I, just kind of along those lines. I think, like, I definitely don't think there's anything wrong with starting with with the uh, you know the the team film, right? Um, I think where a lot of people get hung up is just like not believing that you can set up the proper setting for all of them. It's like, well, we haven't seen them. Why are they all getting together now for the first time? Like, but that that's like, I feel like a good writer can just answer that. Like they've been together, you know, this, you know, <laughs> like if you, if you present the setting, right. And I think that's the problem is like, we're, we're so accustomed to having like just characters develop over time organically in their own little time frames, and then kind of weave like what Marvel has done. But <clears throat> with something as big as, as justice league and, and all these, you know, Titans um, in of, of comic books, like everyone's aware. You don't need that. I think it's, it's more about the setting and just, and just how it's presented. And so it's definitely unfair for people to, you know, blame it for that. Yeah. yeah everything but, else works in reverse order. Yeah. One, one, one more thing too is you, we, you have to remember that the MCU was planned as like a decade long project, right? I don't think Zack Snyder's like, I'm going to sit down and make a 10 year project out of this. Right. <laughs> right. Be, it was five we're movies. Talking, yeah. Five movies. And I mean, probably mm-hmm. six all together with like three justice leagues, but yeah, it might've been five. It's like, it's, it's, it's not the, it's not the same thing, you know? And that's the beauty about comics is you can read, uh, five different iterations of Batman in, 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 a, in a series, they don't all have to be together. You know, one of them is part of the consecutive story that's going on, but there's a lot of other stories that are going on. I mean, they're launching a Batman Fortnite comic, you know, this in April. I'm not, I'm not going to stare at that and be like, oh, that's not, you know, this is just crap because it's not happening over here. It's, it doesn't, it's not my Batman. Exactly. That's <laughs> the thing. It doesn't have to be, right? Like, yeah. it's, that's the greatest thing about it. There's, there's, there's room for lots of different interpretations. I don't need, to just sit there and only know one story going on. And I mean, if we did that, we wouldn't be able to have all these different versions of these characters that make a unique movie like this possible, right? Different, different versions, characters from different timelines and comics kind of coming together, different, you know, Batman's an older guy, right? We, mm-hmm. we kind of know him as a kind of guy. He's like late thirties, like lower forties here. He's obviously getting 50, you know, maybe getting closer to 60. Probably know it's, it's needed. Let's yeah. let's let's start this, end it, and maybe start something new. And we see that with the the um, Batman directed by Reeves coming up. Yeah, yeah, and with the the display of Barry's time uh, shifting, uh, you know, powers with his with the Speed Force and everything. Um, I mean, we already know that Flash's solo movie is the Flashpoint story, um, but like again, this the events of this movie, like. Bill are already starting the foundation of the flashpoint, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But then the flashpoint is a super cool story in and of itself because it changed, it literally changes everything. So uh, like, I think didn't like uh, Bruce in the comics, like Bruce died and his mother and father were alive and Batman was Thomas Wayne or whatever. Uh, So like, yeah, there's so many possibilities with the flashpoint and basically uh, WB is using the flashpoint is like every DC film project that's ever been created up to now is now technically canon because of the flashpoint. 
Yeah. Like it's all real now. So sounds like someone really like (laughs) in the executive meeting, someone really latched onto the idea, like, oh, I get it. Wow, everything's just laconic, right? (laughs) Everything's awesome. Like, yeah, you're in charge. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so why don't we go through and just talk about, you know, we'll we'll start out on a positive note. Uh, and talk about all the things. Or do you want to start? Let's start out on a negative note because hopefully that part portion of the show is shorter, and then we can end just heaping all of our praise onto this movie where it's deserved. Um, so I, I'll start with uh, the few things that I wasn't like a huge fan of. Um, the four three ratio. I, I understand it after hearing it explained. Like you know, a lot of the characters, you know fly so the vertical action of taking off in flight steppenwolf is a large character swinging a large weapon a lot of times vertically down so like having the taller framed shot instead of the traditional widescreen allows for better visualization of those shots so i get it but it doesn't change the fact that it kind of looked wonky on my tv obviously and eventually I got used to it. So whatever, not a huge deal breaker. Um, the weird singing during the Aquaman scene, we already went over that. Uh, I, I enjoyed this, uh, the, the Snyder take on Barry Allen, as opposed to the Whedon take on Barry Allen, but I still feel like he's like dumb, like not smart in this movie, but like, Barry Allen's a pretty bright guy. Um, yeah. That's the one thing that I miss from the comic iteration of Barry that I kind of wish they would have, you know, transferred over to the films. Cause now he's just kind of like a funny dumb guy. That's really yeah. fast. But did you see <laughs> all the monitors he had in his like little house thing? That is a sign of how smart he is. The more I monitors, mean, the smarter you are. Exactly. I'm basically a genius. Cause I've right. got a million down here. So <laughs> see, I didn't take that as like, he was dumb. He's just like, um, an introvert genius. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, the this is probably the biggest thing I hated. I I hated the armor on Steppenwolf. <laughs> uh, I just, no, not a fan. That's so, it was so lame looking. I, I hated it. You so prefer much. Whedon's Steppenwolf? Uh, not his face look. But like maybe his armor look from the Whedon cut. I, I just wasn't a fan of the all metallic, like individually moving pieces. Uh, not a fan. Um, but that that's my short list of dislikes. Otherwise, I, I pretty much enjoyed everything else. So reverse order, Jordan. Anything that I got the point right there. You did. Anything that you didn't like? I was uh, like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, ow. Don't hit me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it starts off, I guess, pretty much the first two definitely with, with you. Um, with, when, it, when it first started, I was like, oh, aspect, aspect ratio is a little weird. Uh, I like how they justified it a little bit. They're like, this is to preserve his original vision. Um, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, not even five minutes into it, I think I was okay with it, to be honest with you. It's just yeah. really, really low on the list. Um, the Icelandic singing obviously was not preferred um i think yeah this version of barry allen not my favorite really just really 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 disliked in the joss whedon one 
Yeah, I actually this one really was lo- much better than Whedon's version. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. The improvement is there, and and I'm okay with it to be honest <laughs> with you. So, but I, I still want to throw that into the negative box because it's, it's, if I were to do Barry Allen, it's not how I would do it. I think mm. he fits good for this, but um, I also this is kind of a inverted dislike too because I actually like it. I like the way that <laughs> Snyder did this, and it makes me hate the way we got the um, Atlant- Atlantis set up in the Aquaman movie. Mm. Um, there's some things I disliked, um, but, uh, with that, I mean, but, um, I think that's, I mean, really that's, that's all that kind of sticks out to me, honestly. So what, what about maybe some of the CGI parts, some of the CGI parts I would, I would, um, yeah. Yeah, some of the some of it did look a little wonky there, especially with like cyborgs and and like exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, what about the Atlanteans and and things that like that you didn't like in this or that you liked in this? Exactly, it's weird. Like in Aquaman, (laughs) Uh, I liked how honestly I, I I described this way. They they remind me of high elves underwater in this, and I did not get that vibe. In like Lord of the Rings, like Tolkien High Elves, the way that's portrayed in the movies, um, mm-hmm. underwater, this and I, I felt like it was a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I just didn't really like the way that uh, James Wan did it. James Wan did an excellent uh, way, did an excellent job with that movie. It's just that <clears throat> I noticed was a little weird. I also like the archaic ruins um, of Atlantis. That's just yeah. how I picture it. It's just um, I guess it's all point of view. What did you think about the the brief scene of Mara like communicating with the soldiers underwater without the air bubble where she was like clicking and screeching yeah, like a dolphin yeah. or whatever? Like what did you think about that? I um I would be totally fine with it, honestly, if if they wanted to do it's hard to make a movie out loud of that though, right? Like you right. everywhere you go, you <laughs> gotta just have a all bubble. Subtitles. Yeah, there's well, there's just a bunch of freaking <laughs> bubbles everywhere, right? If you want to actually hear someone verbalizing it in Atlantis, you gotta make that bubble. And right. it's easy to do in a movie like this, but to make a, a full like two hour movie out of it's a little difficult. So when James Wan was like well, I'm just going to have him talk underwater. I'm like, oh my god, it's genius! Like Little Mermaid style, right? Like, let's just not ask questions, right? Let's just let's just let's just have this conversation. Yeah. I'm fine with I it. mean, we are talking about an underwater race of humans, so I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it does allow for people to just like fade out of the conversation back into like the water, like Aquaman <laughs> did. I thought that was really cool. He was just yeah. like, I'm done talking to you. Bye. Yeah, I, I, I would say it'd be really cool if they gave her like the double middle finger or something. You just see it blur out, you know? This is right. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, it's, and I still don't like that we don't really get to see. I was not a huge fan of the way Aquaman's, um, and this is the same with uh, Josh, Josh's League, but um, it's just, I, I don't like Aquaman's armor yet. I, and mm-hmm. I know, like, it's part of the story, launches into him finding it and everything. I just, it's right. just hard for me to, I don't know. I also, I guess I'll add that to one of my gripes uh, about just Aquaman in general, because I'm like a huge fan of the New 52 run of yeah. Aquaman. And I just, uh, he, Momoa is such a bro. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, Aquaman's not really like a, a bro. But I, I, much, I like him much more in this than I did in the Justice League, because like that the, the bro aspect you're looking at happens way more in Justice League than it does yeah. this. They yeah, keep him sure. more, you know, barbaric in this. Yeah. So I I, I I I liked him ten times more in this, and I like him in the Aquaman solo movie too. Yeah, uh, I am one hundred percent behind an entire movie of clicking and screeching with subtitles for Aquaman <laughs> two. <laughs> Anyways, 
Again, I interrupted Tom. What's up, bro? You're good. I was I was just gonna say, kind of going on that same point, like when I was watching this, I felt like the Atlanteans and specifically Aquaman were way more like powerful than is showed in the Aquaman movie. So I remember watching it and thinking a couple times, like, how did Aquaman get like crappier from here to there? (laughs) (laughs) Like, did he forget everything? Like, what? Like, so I guess that that would be a qualm. Is it like? it kind of creates some plot holes with the Aquaman movie that exists. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, I tell a lot of people this, we have to remember that like, this is just a, what if, what have happened, you know? And, yeah. and, and that's all, I mean, I, I agree with you completely because as much as like, you know, if I say I'm going to watch justice league, I'm going to watch Zack Snyder's justice league, despite the fact it's going to have the plot yeah. holes like that. And that's yeah. just part of, yeah. you know, that, that's, that, I think that's why they gave the audience the choice. Like, like they're like, stop complaining. Here's this movie. <laughs> Heaven yeah. forbid you watch the choose, one you like. Choose your path, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can, I can get. I, but any, and the, the, for how good this movie was, though, I mean, I, I can look past it. You know, it's yeah. What about you, Nick? Would you not like? Obviously, the singing that was just awkward. I think everyone agrees on that. Um, I do. I did not like the pacing in the first two acts. Um, I think the Amazonian stuff was done poorly. There, there was either too much of it, or just did not have enough like substance or impact on the story. Like they were kind of just there, Um, and ultimately they lost the box. Really, after all of that hoopla about it, Um, it was kind of like a it was a mini Wonder Woman movie in the at the beginning, (laughs) which was cool. But we already had that. I felt like Um, so that that felt weird, and that's why like the first two acts, I might just kind of like skip through just because everything that's packed into those is I feel like a lot could be trimmed down, trimmed out. You know, it wasn't to me till the third act that things started pacing correctly. Um, I do think that it's funny that like, uh, like you said, after Steppenwolf leaves and clearly Amazonians are still alive. They just never, they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're just hanging out. I'm, I'm not helping out anymore. No one they felt the, they felt like the Superman yell, right? Is that what it was when he yeah. returned? Yeah, I'm they sure. felt yeah. yeah, they felt that, and they're just like, oh, things are still happening out there. Shucks, <laughs> let's just go back inside. Um, I will say I, also before you go on the the part the entrance of Steppenwolf into the the whatever the dome structure is yeah and he cool. gives he gives his like speech he's like i'm here to bathe in your fear or whatever and then the the queen's like show them your fear they're like we have no fear and i was like Dude, that's <laughs> so awesome like yeah, yeah that part uh, was really cool and there were really cool parts of it it just seemed like i don't know it's kind of like a hot mess yeah. with all that in the first two oh, it was hot yeah yeah <laughs> it was a mess but it was hot yeah um, I, I actually liked it i mean could, I will say that it was like very, very close to Joss Whedon's version mm-hmm. um, for like the events that happen. But the difference for me that made me actually appreciate it so much more is how much more brutal it was when it yes. came down to the action. Yeah. And that's like, that's something that I'm just, I'm big on. Like I, like I want the impacts. I want the consequences for these types of actions. Um, I, and I could rant forever about consequences in movies. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah i like i think it just needed like restructured reordered in the beginning in the first two acts and it would work a little bit better i just felt like i was getting slapped with like stuff i did not <laughs> understand yet but um and then i think generally i don't like stefan wolf um i don't like his name i don't like him generally as a character i just feel like it's a it's just a real boring take on a bad guy um yeah. I liked his armor better though in this one, and I liked him better in this version. Um, yeah. So, didn't like him. Let's see here. I would definitely say overall, as a character, Steppenwolf is much better in this movie. Yeah, um, but like you're saying, he's kind of like a throwaway villain. I mean, yeah, like he's just a pawn to get to dark side. Really, I mean, that's yeah, and he's just too. I don't know. He's just he's just not my cup of tea. Um, I don't like how I didn't like how brooding cyborg was i don't know just to me if my dad regardless of whatever he did to me in the past um or didn't do if he rebuilt me with a freaking mother box and i was on that level i think i'd get over it pretty darn quickly um so he's, i guess the, he's pretty angsty in this movie yeah there, <laughs> yeah he i just felt like he could have he should have matured a little bit he i mean unless he was is he still a high schooler like how old is he he was, he was yeah. Was he? Was it uh, high school or college? I think he was a college football player, like Gotham I, City I, University or something. Yeah, like he, that. he was. He was. He was. He was um, college in this, and you know, in the comics, when he first came in, it was it was high school because he yeah. was getting scholarships mm-hmm. as a football player. So I guess how much time since like he was rebuilt had was he brooding until the point in the movie where he like found his his like goal to like be who he is like was right. it years or was it not years you have to wait for the solo movie that will okay <laughs> i'll figure that out that might help explain it but i didn't like that um i'll defend the the four three aspect ratio to my grave um you guys can't take that from me um that was great what else did i not like while you're thinking i'm gonna add another dislike because it came to me when you're talking about steppenwolf <laughs> yeah the stupid sound that the boom tubes made Oh, oh, I liked it. God. I liked it. <laughs> it's like every time they I have like like a, about it. a free sound effect pack on YouTube, and it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's what we're gonna use. It's called yeah. a boom tube. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do love how it's called a boom tube, though. <laughs> Snyder, like that's not the first time uh, in three hundred uh, when you see the main persian i can't remember names you guys know this xerxes uh, or whatever uh yeah xerxes, Z- xerxes yeah. um when he's talking to the hunchback guy the background in that is like a free background that comes with uh <laughs> it's it's a what, free it? zoom background Matt, 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 <laughs> yeah no it's well it's a it's a free bat i guess i can't really call it free but like there's a a tool called i think it's called magic bullet that's just used for effects uh that came with final cut seven um it was like an extra hundred dollars to buy this magic bullet package and it was just like (laughs) one of the very shitty backgrounds (laughs) and there it is in 300 (laughs) you're saying that's uh, literally is it yeah they used oh my god It's, it, I like that. A very up. resourceful man, I, Zach yeah. Snyder is. I thought you were like building up an insult to it or something, but it literally is that bad. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it literally is. Uh, I know that because I was in film school and they gave us that, and my teacher made a point to show us. Nice. <laughs> wow. All right. Did you think of any more, Nick? Um, 
No, I don't think so. Those were my main gripes. Um, I don't like Dark Side. Also, I mean, I think he needs some work. Um, there's some like weak points there, but overall, don't tell, don't tell him that. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> tell him that. Um, no, I think I didn't have a lot of issues with it. Um, and a lot of it's kind of bottled up in the beginning. And then after that, I kind of like Kuka got over it and it really kind of just clicked to me. Um, I'll probably think of a few things as we talk about it. I'm sure. Yeah. But then you're just nitpicking, you know, <laughs> what do you got, Tom? Um, so I will say that the aspect ratio didn't bother me actually. Yes. Um, I remember, I remember when I saw it, I was just like, feels like a silly marketing ploy, but whatever. And, but when you, when you read what the, you know, how they justified it, that actually makes a lot of sense to me, but it, it took me all of five seconds to be like, right. Zoned completely in. Um, I just actually I also, stood right in front of my TV, like this close. So I couldn't <laughs> notice it. <laughs> As long as the black bars are out of my peripheral, yeah. totally well, fine. I mean, I've had this conversation with my father like forever because he mm-hmm. used to get really mad at the shrunk screen. And I would be like, he's like, you get le- like, I have less picture. I'm like, no, you literally have more, but it just appears you have less. Like you're getting more picture, but it's using less screen, if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm on board with it. Yeah. Um. I also, I will say, I didn't hate the Icelandic singing. I felt it was, I already said, you know, it was, it was uh, unearned, but I think that there's a concept there that I actually really appreciated. Um, kind of what you were saying, Jordan. Um, but I, <sighs> there are some things that bug me. So first off, I, I'm going to start off with the mother boxes. You know, they were waiting for a Superman to die. Why? They've been there for thousands and thousands of years and 30 years ago there was no superman. no superman <laughs> <laughs> they could have woken up at any time True. and it's not like humans had to find it first uh because the mother boxes just talk so well, they're like that, little demon girls and like that to me yes like that's one of those things that you do have to just kind of let go and accept as part of the story and if you're willing to accept that then all right, then the story is going to flow just fine. But it is, yeah. I'm nitpicky. That, they didn't <laughs> it, really, it, it is a whole. Yeah, um, they didn't do the best job at really diving into the mother boxes. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, how much more could he do? He already took four hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe cut, you know, that five minute song for yeah. Aquaman <laughs> and maybe spent five minutes on the mother box. <laughs> well, I mean, and also did Darkseid forget they were at on Earth and like that? Yeah, there's a lot of story stuff that like definitely is there. Yeah, um, that was that was confusing to me. I'm like, why is it a mystery? Like he's still searching the galaxy or whatever for the mother or, you know, the anti-life um, equation when he knew where it was. I don't know. <laughs> the whole t- This whole time? Yeah, this whole time. And the, he's like giving Stefan with a freebie. He's like, oh, you found it. Welcome back. I don't think he actually knew that it was on the planet uh, on Earth. The he, life equation. It says that he did. When? When uh, when Steppenwolf finds it and he communes back with that other guy. It's like, I found the planet with the anti-life equation that father lost. Mm-hmm. So he father found it and lost it. 
Because during that battle when Darkseid showed up, so, that's where they took the mother boxes and like hit them. Yeah. That, oh yeah, that's true. And he like the, the mother boxes. Um, I don't believe equal the anti-life equation. No, 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 no. But yeah, so it, when Darkseid first touches the ground, the ground opens up the anti-life equation, that weird lava design. When Steppenwolf touches the ground, the same thing happens, and that's when he goes and communes and says, I found it. This is the planet that Father lost with the anti-life oh, equation. Yeah, yeah. The one yeah, we've yeah, been searching that. for. Yeah, Aries yeah. just smacked him so hard with that axe, he just <laughs> like forgot everything. They make it a point, though. I, th- I think that the, why they lost it. I, I think it's like a Steppenwolf owes him like what, like fifty thousand planets or something like that, or is it fifty million? Fifty thousand. Yeah, 50, it's quite in debt, right? Um, yeah. who, who knows how many there were before? But that, that shows you the you know the multitude of of maybe during that particular conquest when they came here, how many planets did they go through? Um, I mean, obviously, Dark. The, what I would say to support your point is the fact that Darkseid probably has only ever lost once. He would remember that particular planet like it's like etched in his mind. But right. the only the only defense I would give to it is that <laughs> they just go on a nonstop onslaught conquest across. You know, multi, they even mentioned the multiverse. To be honest with you, and yeah. um, it's you know, it's, it's probably needle in a haystack at some point. <laughs> I yeah. I will say like. I don't necessarily mind the whole concept of Steppenwolf trying to earn Darkseid's for forgiveness, because um, uh, isn't isn't Steppenwolf? He's actually um, Dark Darkseid's stepson, right? Isn't that his step, stepson? Stepson, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's from the. Uh, I, thought, I thought he was a nephew. nephew. Yeah, I think, I think it might be a nephew. Yes, yeah. Darkseid well, is Steppenwolf's nephew. Is okay. Steppenwolf is no. Darkseid's nephew. Yeah. Because the, the there's that one where he like traded sons with that other civilization in that yeah, comic book line. He gets Orion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mixed them up then. But so, anyways, what I was gonna say is like I, I don't really mind the like earning dad's approval. However, I just think it's kind of a re- pretty cliche. <laughs> like it's just to me, it's silly. Like I think I think it'd been more interesting <laughs> if he was just like, yeah. I'm Darkseid's son, nephew, whatever, and uh, yeah, I'm going and taking over planets because I'm his freaking general. Like, that's yeah. just who I am. Fear or me. like, I th- I think he'd have just been a little bit more menacing that way. I like, I don't know. Well, to me, it kind of those scenes again for me personally. I don't think this is necessarily a negative on the film, but for me personally, it just kind of took away from his gravitas yeah. as a villain. This is something Nick will be familiar with. I like to like rewrite movies or shows that I watch. What if? Me too. <laughs> what if Steppenwolf, instead of trying to earn Darkseid's approval, was like, screw that dude. He kicked me out. I'm going to go find this for myself in spite <laughs> of Darkseid to just that be like, too. suck an egg, bro. So the um, thing yeah. I'm reading says <laughs> Steppenwolf is a new god who's the younger brother of Darkseid's mother and the uncle of Darkseid. The uncle of Darkseid. He's he's Darkseid's uncle. Hmm. I which is which is even makes him even more of like a wuss that yeah he, <laughs> he's yeah. like begging for his nephew's approval. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my biggest qualm though with Steppenwolf and Darkseid, they're just way too cartoony. Like I know Thanos is cartoony, but he's less cartoony like i don't know they, he literally looks like a purple homer simpson <laughs> yeah he does but i don't know there's something about like the like dark side and steppenwolf they just look terrible to me like i was i was actually very excited when they're like they're gonna do the snyder cut they like they finally approved it 
I was stoked. And then I saw the first trailer with Darkseid and he looked so bad. I was like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. But I, but I, I did. <laughs> but like to me, like that is just class A terrible animation. Um, it, and it's going to like if you have a TV, like if you watch in like 60 frames per second, uh, it's going to look even worse uh, when you get the soap opera effect. It's going to mm. look terrible. Um, I enjoyed so, like the design of Dark Side. Like, I liked the concept of how his character looks. Um, and I like the concept of how Steppenwolf looks, but I hate the armor. <laughs> Steppenwolf's armor. You're not going to sell that to me. <laughs> like, I don't think I can be convinced. I, yeah, I don't know. To me, they just. They just, I felt like I was watching Who Blamed Roger Rabbit. Like, it just was too cartoony <laughs> for me. Like, Thanos, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Thanos at least fits the lighting, maybe. But it, it didn't work for me for that. Um, so outside of those, like, not too many problems. Like, um, like, I can get really nitpicky and say, like, the blood spatters when Wonder Woman's in the in the bank, is it? Like, they could have been polished. Um, I think the biggest disappointment for me, I'm a huge fan of Martian Manhunter. Love that character. Yeah. He, he was in it for like 30 seconds. I'd, I'd have rather him not been in it at all. In fact, like, and actually his, his at end of the movie scene was fine. I, I don't have a problem with that other than I do feel like it kind of detracts from his character because he is crazy powerful, like almost as powerful as Superman. He is way more powerful than then the you know wonder woman batman uh, aquaman he is almost as powerful as superman and he's just like nah i don't care like you guys have like now that you you mortals have you know fought off the apocalypse on your own i'll consider helping yeah to me that doesn't match his character but i can actually forgive that scene what really bothered me is when it turned out to be him that spoke to lois lane it was much more natural. I would like, I was getting teared up when Martha was talking to her and like that scene was so powerful to me. And then he comes out and it's like, you need to get back in the world. And I was like, it wasn't Martha. They're close. Martha just lost her house. Of course, Martha is going to go visit her. It would have, it made way more sense that it was Martha, but now it's not Martha. And now that's going to come to light. Like, Oh yeah, you told me to get out, and, and so I did. And like, no, I didn't. What the hell are you talking about? Like, that's going to be an awkward scene. Like, these types of scenes drive me nuts. There's no real thought process. Like, that is not good writing. It was good writing until it became him. And you know, Jordan, you and I have went back and forth on this for a minute. And I know your reasoning, but I just, it's more powerful if it was Martha because Martha would have been there anyway, because she just lost her house because she loves her would have been daughter-in-law. Like it just makes sense that she would have gone there. Martian Manhunter did not have to be the one to send Lois Lane out to see Superman. Also Martian Manhunter, he can't, he can't see the future. He doesn't, he, he isn't that type of hero. He, he, he would not have been aware of what Batman and, and Wonder Woman were trying to pull. Sure. I yeah, do I, love I, how, I, like, I, I, uh, good, I was just going to say, I love how he knew that Lois is, like, the key, but is still just like, I'm just, guys, I'm just going to sit this one out. Like, right. Like, he <laughs> could do you this solid and just nudge Lois out there, but you're on your own after this. He, he could have <laughs> destroyed Steppenwolf by himself. Right. So, 
I mean, so like you and I were talking, I do agree to like when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this scene's amazing. And then I was like, ah, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Right. I actually made the joke, like his eyes, like flash red, he like fixes his bra. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the idea of Martian Manhunter, you and I were kind of discussing uh, before this kind of the character of Martian Manhunter. Um, Martian Manhunter is like a, he, when, you know, they kind of launched the showcases in the fifties the with the Silver Age comics, having, you know, the space and sci-fi was big for them. And when Martian Manhunter first came to earth, um, you know, he was powerful, not quite as powerful as they made him in new 52, uh, but he's very, very powerful. Uh, and he was in the midst of all these superheroes, all these different crises. And at the same time, he knew this. And his first, what was it? It was like Detective, it was like Detective Comics, like 220, 225, something like that. He was, it was a mini story. He assumed, knowing that there's all these uh, threats, the worldwide threats all over the world, he simply assumed the role of a detective and joined the police academy. And he stayed like that for a very, very long time. So his idea was just to not intervene, but only to exist with everything that's going on and help in a very low fashion way without obviously exposing himself, not like naked or anything, but just you know, who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that really fit the, the Martian Manhunter. You know, he's, he's, he seems very, very wise and everything, but at the core of a lot of things, he's always portrayed kind of a selfish, deceitful character with wisdom but only out of self-preservation. He never wants to hurt anybody. But like Mike says, he knew that Lois was the key and he knew that Lois wasn't living her life anymore. And had he not had that conversation, Lois would not have joined back to her normal routine and been out there giving coffee to Jerry, the cop. Was his name Jerry? Sure. Yeah. We'll call him Jerry. It is. Uh, <laughs> she brought in the coffee and was, because she was resuming her daily routine, she was able to see psycho Clark about to annihilate the justice league and snap him out of it. And Joss Whedon's version, Batman utilized her with that aspect, which isn't necessarily bad, but it does remove the, yeah. remove the behind the scenes equation of Martian Manhunter moving, you know, the, the chess pieces without anybody really knowing. Right. Well, Especially I, because I, he was a character in Batman versus Superman. Who's already and Man of Steel. associated with uh, Lois. So yeah. Like it, you already have the rapport there, and like so, it's just a cool reveal. Obviously, a more Anyways. important you know role than right. uh, detective, but yeah, uh, yes. I mean, I do love that Lois was was there organically, um, <clears throat> but it would have been even more organically had it actually been Martha encouraging her to move on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, so that's, that's again, we just point. went from one one chess player or you know chess master to another. And again, it just it made less sense than what it was seeming to be. It's still far better than what Joss Whedon did. Um, and I actually don't don't hate the the Justice League. Um, I actually really enjoy it, um, despite its problems. But and and so this and this one is far better. But like that that scene just really bothered me. Yeah. So. How did he get the name Martian Manhunter? That's been I'm, I haven't read much of his stuff, but like I'm always like, where'd the Manhunter come from? Like, it's somebody that, explain this to me. That Stephen Wolf and Darkseid are terrible names. I don't know who's naming these people. 
Yeah, welcome, welcome. All three of those suck. Yeah, silver, <laughs> and, silver and bronze and copper age of comic books. That's, uh, that's what the hell works. But, uh, you know, um, man, I think it was New 52, they established that a manhunter uh, was a kind of like a ritual rite on their planet of like a title. Uh, it might have been might have been before that or something, but I, I believe it was a ritual like right. But when they first introduced him, he you know they was called Martian Manhunter for no reason, much like Doctor Fate was. Some Doctor Fates are called Doctor Fate without them actually having PhDs, <laughs> you know. Nice. Um, and so it's just it's just one of those things. They've they've tried kind of you know justifying it with certain certain stories and moving forward, but hmm. it's just he's just a Martian and and he hunted men. Man. Every Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up for me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So we got we got all the negative out. So I'm sure there's um, other things I could nitpick, but but that's we're not the bulk gonna. of it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I have I have a decent amount of things that I loved. Uh, but there, there's one that is rather large that I want to save for later. So I'll just, I'll go down um, some of the smaller things. Uh, like I said, I loved Cyborg and his arc in this movie and how he kind of was like the centerpiece that Bruce kind of just like pushes into, you know, this new role where he's almost like, you know, the second, like, right underneath Batman and in this iteration of the team before Superman comes. Um, I love the inclusion of dark side. Finally. Uh, I love the time travel time bending aspect with the flash, uh, you know, leading to the flashpoint stuff down the road. Um, I loved Martian Manhunter finally like making his appearance. Uh, I loved <laughs> the inspiration for the bat fleck, you know, being from, you know, the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Returns, much to Tom's chagrin over there. <laughs> um, but, like, one thing in one of the one of the epilogue scenes where it's kind of, like, doing the character wind-ups and you see, like, the bat tank thing and he's got, like, a four people in front of it, like, in handcuffs or whatever, like, like that's the bat tank from one of those Frank Miller... Yeah, and then those four kind of look like the mute people from the Mutant King. So like, even they even threw that in. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, and then my other thing is rather huge, so I'll save that for later. But uh, so now we're gonna reverse this way. Uh, Tom, hit me with some of your, some of the things you really enjoyed. Um, oh, I remembered one more thing that bothered me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, and this this is a nitpick, but when uh, Cyborg's dad, like when he's playing the recording or whatever, he sounded more like an instructor than a father. And like, and then he's like, "Now I'm going to speak to you as a father." And I was like, "Oh, okay, it makes sense." But then he kept talking like an instructor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> things that I liked. Okay, so I, I talked before about just like the brutality. Uh, of the action i love that they actually like showed blood like when people were getting stabbed and killed and destroyed you got the blood spatters even though it wasn't like necessarily like super polished like it was good i again i'm a, i really appreciated that i think it me personally i just think it's not good for people to see such violence without 
under I guess kids to see that kind of violence without understanding like how messy it can be. Um, so I appreciated that. I actually liked that a lot. I thought uh, it added consequence and a lot more, um, I guess, <sighs> intensity, emotion. I, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but um, so I, I like that. I think the action in this movie was far superior uh, to to its predecessors. Um, and on top of that, I feel I really like that each character really was showcased and, and given a a true chance to show the scope of their abilities. Um, mm. Especially, especially with the flash um, being able to bend time, like you said, um, you know, in the other one, he was just kind of a goofball that was kind of fast. Uh, <laughs> but this one, like it, it showed it. Although I will say, I do kind of wish rather than him breaking the the window when he went and saved that girl in the car accident, like that was a cool scene. I think like personally, I just wanted to see him phase through it. Um, mm, yeah. But yeah, whatever. You mean snatch that hot dog for later, not save Iris West? <laughs> that sequence. Yes, we all know his real motives. He that was, sequence <laughs> was 30 seconds too long, also. <laughs> Scooping that hot dog right into his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like, so I, I know, you know, Snyder it loves his slow motion. I do love that in the Wonder Woman scene in the bank, it wasn't slow motion, it was like it looked painful. That was, that was really cool to me. It just made it a lot more uh, fierce, I guess. Um, And also that, like I already talked about how I really like the character moments. I think Zack Snyder really excels in that. Um, I love his ability to, to frame a shot. Um, His, his, the way he does the aesthetics, everything just looks really good in, in that sense. Uh, Like I can't tell you how many times I was watching it and there would be a scene like when they were in the, forest or whatever like or the graveyard and like you see it's like a shot from like behind uh, a, a log and you like see the details of the twigs but then you see you know the details of the characters and you hear that like that to me is just like really cool watching his cinematography makes me want to get my camera out and start shooting film again right? yeah i really liked that um there's a, a shot in the part that I want to really dig into after we get through this segment here. But when Bruce is talking to the Joker at the end and he's holding the Joker card and like the Joker himself keeps like going, coming in and out of vision and he's like really blurry and like just what they were able to accomplish with that shot alone where like, you know, Bruce is like focusing on the card. So obviously the Joker is going to be out of focus in, you know, Bruce's eyes. But then like he sometimes shifts to like the Joker and the cards, like they keep trade. I loved that whole shot right there. Yeah. Um, It was super cool. Yeah. He like, he really excels at that. And that's one of the reasons why I can't ever hate him. (laughs) I don't, I don't (laughs) like all of his movies. Some of his, uh, you know, some of his movies are some of my favorites though. Watchmen uh, 300. um, Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, no, the, the way he was able to develop the characters, I like he took out a lot of the campiness of the jokes that Joss Whedon put in, um, mm. which I really appreciated. I felt like the characters all meshed a lot better together. Um, uh, you know, if, as far as storytelling, a lot of it is just like not necessarily my favorite, but like it is what it is because of the story they decided to tell with Batman v Superman. So I can't really knock 
you know, say much about that. Um, as far as like bringing Superman back and everything, um, yeah. I do think it made a lot more sense though. And I think overall, that's the biggest thing is like this movie just makes more sense. So yeah. I like now that I'm trying to talk about it, all of the things that I had are fleeing my mind. So that's all right. They'll come back. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what, what do you got for us? Uh, Nick, you're just perpetually stuck in the middle of these. Uh, yeah, these it doesn't segments. matter which way it goes. <laughs> um, you know, I liked the length, like I said earlier in my opener. Um, I like how long it was and that he could really just run with it. Right. You know, almost to a fault. He probably used every second of everything he shot. And mm. that's great that he got to do that, even though not all of it was like perfectly polished, but. You do what you can. Um, I liked. I really did like how the Batman arc of it all kind of flowed and the portrayal of Batman. Um, how there was more Alfred in there and like all that just seemed a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wonder Woman helping. Then they brought on cyborg and they're all kind of tracking him down like i think the time to put that all together just made so much more sense in it so i did like that and obviously like you said tom the humor right there's just a better execution of the humor it was way more natural um batman wasn't campy in it um but they still kept some of it in there um kept the classic i'm rich line yeah yeah they couldn't get that one in there Got to keep that. What's your superpower? I'm rich. rich. Um, <laughs> you know, and um, the, you know, and the original one, and it took me, you know, 45 minutes into this to re- realize you guys weren't missing Justice League and you're saying Justice League or however. Blah. <laughs> Justice like, League, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is everyone saying it like messed up? <laughs> <laughs> i'm so out of the loop but then Can't i finally take this got guy it. anywhere yeah i finally got it um but i like you know so that movie is just like a daze to me i don't remember much of it other than like they were all very fast and flying around and doing a bunch of stuff this this the action was super memorable like especially that last whole sequence right when they go take down the dark side or Stefan Wolf's like little dome fortress, like that just flowed way better. You know, it made more sense, like how Batman was kind of like defending the perimeter and trying to like protect the Flash. I don't know if that happened in the original one. Um, and just how they're, you know, just how the fighting unfolded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I liked, I liked, I liked, um, I liked the, the explanations yes and no so i like the kind of like the original time when dark side showed up and then all the all the heroes assembled and they oh, fought yeah, him yeah the like first I, time he came yeah so i liked i liked the fill in there right and they explained a lot and i think that plays very well to the reverse order of this the non marvel way of doing it so you do the team up movie you throw in a ton of backstory and you kind of get all on the front end and then it branches off. Like you said, where mm-hmm. in Marvel, we get all that randomly throughout the movies. Um, mm-hmm. So I like kind of like just getting a full dose of that. That was helpful. I did not like it though. 
I thought it was overdone with Cyborg a little bit, like that whole like flash sequence he had where it was all kind of like the bull and the bear was terrible. I hated that moment. It was very cringe. Um, <laughs> but I did like it in other areas. Yeah. I think that was very good. Um, the, much- the, the first time dark side shows up that they did it so much better in this version because the justice version, you know, doesn't had it have too. no, it, it does, but it wasn't nearly as cool. Like, well, it wasn't dark side. Wasn't it just, Steppenwolf. it was just Steppenwolf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I loved like, you know, they had, you know, Zeus and Ares and, uh, Ares was, they even like CGI'd the guy who played him from yeah. the first Wonder Woman's <laughs> face, like pretty poorly on the body. <laughs> But like then you have the the Green Lantern, you know, and like the ring going to Dark Side, and he almost like grabs it, but then he gets hit by the arrow. Um, yeah, that whole sequence was so much cooler in this version. Yeah, and even the, even the little things were, you know, Stephen Wolf's like, you know, there's there's no Kryptonians, there's no lanterns. Like, I just think that stuff's really cool to throw in there because it's like the wider like they're aware of these people. It's a problem they've ran into in the past and they're just like hey this place is good we don't got any or he wasn't talking to dark side he was talking to Assad, right um that was kind of like the hooded dude mm-hmm. yeah. um and i like the inclusion of those peripheral bad guys too like i liked Assad. i feel like he's a cool character even though i like stefan i don't like stefan wolf and dark side i like Assad, mm-hmm. and i don't know who this who this white-haired person is oh, you're gonna weird, love this the weird best ass comic weird name ever name. i looked it up <laughs> terrible name okay okay i just want to be sure no say you... it jordan you must say it granny goodness granny goodness so i was like all right here's dark side he's on apocalypse which i also hate the spelling and the name and all that right it's just apocalypse spelled completely upside down um Robert, but his real name is uh Euxus, just so you know he assumes the name okay. dark side because the ruler of apocalypse but yeah it's, right so you know okay it helps but i was like who is this really cool white-haired looking person and then i look it up and i'm like okay so the comics have this granny goodness that looks like a legit granny in in this movie (laughs) looks like i don't know a 25 year old dude with white hair i don't know it's really it really threw me off so i was like is that granny goodness i don't know but i thought that was all cool you know i like the the larger universe story building that they packed in there so you know there's a lot of things um that i do like about it but those are some of like the big themes that helped solidify this movie in my memory because i've literally forgotten the other one <laughs> yeah i will I, I will add to your uh fight sequence thing when superman comes you know at the mm-hmm. very end uh that whole like beat down of steppenwolf was super cool like uh, the axe just like stopping and then he like ice breaths it and smashes yes. it to pieces. I'm not well, that's the other, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing too, is like the reintroduction of Superman. Like he goes back to his Kryptonian sh- ship. He has that whole little moment there. You know, he dons the black suit, you know, that to me, that's all just all the mm-hmm. details there. Like I don't fully appreciate from the comic level, but like aesthetically it just like clicks in the movie to me. Um, yeah. And the you know in you know in the the Whedon one, they just kind of resurrected old Superman. Like mm-hmm. to me, it felt like they resurrected a almost new Superman because obviously, it shows that he died. Like he he's aware that he died, and he's not just Superman back. He's 
yeah. much different. It's got person a new lease now. on life. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, the black suit, like aesthetically, is so cool looking. But then, like, actually has like a very practical reason for the black suit. So, like, he's just resurrected, so he's weak, right? And he gets his power from the sun so that's why he like flies up and you have that scene of him just floating there you know soaking in the rays man that makes so much sense yeah he just needs that (laughs) cheryl crow song playing in the background or whatever can you play that sing it for us black suit has like special (laughs) materials that help it even absorb more more sun yeah oh and the fight in the tunnels that was cool too yeah except for the aquaman part i thought that was weak Mm, debatable yeah uh was What's there anything that? else on there on your list of likes before we move over to jordan nope all right hey the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> worst movie Sucks. ever uh, sucks what you got for us jordan oh man um <laughs> all right so this podcast is going to be about as long as the the snyder cut let so. me just hit play on the movie yeah. um, <laughs> well the whole thing so i guess I'll just I'll just just wing it here. Um, I I love the music for each character. I, I liked how you know you could have let's say like Batman's music going, and then if Wonder Woman jumps in with her shield ready to slap someone with the shield, it just goes straight to that Amazonian scream, as mm-hmm. um, a scream, sing whatever. Um, I thought the Amazons uh, Hippolyta in particular was amazing. Um, I, I did I did like the we felt like it was a much bigger of a battle in Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Um, they did kind of say, well, uh, the world's about to be destroyed. See you later. Uh, but they utilized, um, they gave more of a story as to, you know, utilizing Artemis's bow and arrow to alert Wonder Woman. They knew that she yeah. was out there. That was cool. Um, that part was really cool. At least yeah. they, at least they gave a heads up before they just like <laughs> decided to go in their cave. And I, I love every kind of every time they do this in the Wonder Woman to movies where she's just like going about her like day job and they're always like you're so like you don't do anything and like you just show up to work and you're super she's like yeah i don't i don't do much i'm just boring lame restoring a statue yeah (laughs) i uh you know i I liked more of the atlanteans we got to see um at, at the core of everything i loved how we saw a bunch of you know bruce wayne doing his things um, the, where he got to that Icelandic town, they're like, it's impossible. No one could get here. Right. Which I, I don't know why he didn't just take a helicopter and jump out of it. You know, kind of the Eagle story from Lord of the Rings, but, um, you know, <laughs> the whatever. weather, you can't yeah. fly. You fool. Yeah. It's much more, it's much more, yeah, fly, you fool. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest thing. You idiots. Um, <laughs> they made it much more Bruce Wayne through all that. Yeah. And the first shot that you get to see of Batman in this is when Gordon is looking up there and you you see Batman, you know, hanging out on the crazy gargoyle, which is somehow taller than Gordon or than the rooftop, but um, <laughs> with the lightning bolt behind him. Right. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, I liked the, um, what I mentioned earlier about the Spectre. There's a, you know, a lot of people know about Jim Corrigan as a Spectre early on and being the first Spectre with the Justice Society. Uh, one of the, the second or third person to, to take over the Spectre is, um, uh, Christmas Allen and uh, what he spe- I know right Christmas 
uh, he's speaking to Gordon. You know, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's him. I never looked at the credits to see if it's actually him or not, but Gordon calls him Crispus, and he's also – Crispus was a detective, so I'm only assuming. Um, I I guess this, I guess this one kind of goes along with the dislike. I like the fact that, um, you know, they throw the newspaper down, and it talks about um, – I think it's Metropolis looking for a new architect for a job. Mm. That's got John Stewart written all over it. You know, I – I don't know if that's a plan or not. I don't know why you zoom in on a newspaper like that um, right. for a little hint like that. But if that is truly the case, you know, where's where's Hal at, right? Right. Where was he? Where what? What? I mean, as a well, Hal Jordan fan, not biased because of the name, <laughs> I want to know. You know, I want to know what what happened. Maybe they could have got into that, but um, what were you gonna say? They are doing a Green Lantern movie reboot that will feature John Stewart. And they're also doing an HBO Max Green Lantern show that are f- focusing on not Jon Stewart or Hal Jordan, but it's heavily speculated that Hal Jordan will make an appearance in the series. But Jon Stewart is kind of like off limits for the series because of the movie reboot or anything. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, even though like this movie Stewart Comedy Central, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's him. He's oh. actually a Green Lantern, too. Has been his whole life. Yeah. Yep. Why do you think he quit The Daily Show? He had to go back to the core. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, he's a Green Lantern in the comics. His name is John Stewart. Anyways. Okay, good. Um, Thank you. Yeah. No. So even though this movie has been argued as not canon and the Justice League version is, uh, you know, those could just be setups for the series and the movie sure. reboot. So. Sure. I, I guess when I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I say that I'm, I'm pretending like this was the this, if this was the vision what's the justification for it if this is where you were going with it because i mean i can only assume that a lot of that wasn't well i don't know you just don't know i, I guess i'm yeah. just wondering i mean that could um, come in like the justice league two or three you know sure sure it, should, it could um i fingers well, crossed right <laughs> having having um dark side at the time you know uses invade earth like that and seeing you know the old gods fighting him was just i that was I thought that was amazing Yeah, to, to go that much further into it and have that much war behind it. You know, they showed um, King Atlan with the trident and what he was mm-hmm. doing. Um, some of the powers behind that uh, without being in the water, obviously who knows if he even knew that that would work like that. But anyway, um, to, to see, you know, Ares battle dark side, really amazing. See Zeus doing that. Uh, and it was Artemis actually, who, who uh, stopped dark side from, uh, grabbing um, uh, Yalangur's uh, ring, yeah. uh, the lantern that passed away, uh, which is actually kind of a cool cool thing is, uh, you know, Yalangur, that Green Lantern, he, he was like a 1990s character that was introduced in comics. And they, they let everyone know in that series that he was like a 2000, like an ancient Green Lantern for, you know, Sector 2814. And to have them work that into that, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, and they, they eventually uh, worked that into... Um, the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, in the history, because because uh, Yellinger's ring that goes up into the sky, it eventually molds in with a like a asteroid or comet, whichever in particular you want to use. Um, that's what crashes on the Earth, and Alan Scott, the first Green Lantern, um, has kind of part of that that ring. He was Alan Scott's the original Green Lantern from the 1940s, Justice Society. Um, so that's kind of you know I, I really like that he chose to use that character put him there and and make that happen not only that show more of them mm-hmm. um 
the Batman fight sequences were like it's just so much better. I, it, over, like you, he, you didn't feel like he was a guy who's getting tossed around by parademons. I feel like Joss Whedon kind of, you know, Batman would like punch one and you get thrown through like you get thrown through like a, another story set of metal rails. You know, it, mm-hmm. that was huge. Uh, he copied Wonder Woman's bracers. I, I love, I love that. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's copying it, but he took the idea of it. Um, so he is a billionaire. Exactly. Like, right? Good idea. I need one. And the yeah. fact that he was copying it and she she kind of knew it after what Alfred told her what it was doing. So there's like a straight call out, right? Um, you know, the, the the scene with Steppenwolf, you know, something I would actually keep into it now that I think about it is when um, the Justice League's Steppenwolf says that, you know, my axe is still slick with the blood of your sisters. And she just gets pissed, right? I actually wish they kept that line. Yeah, but if that actually. wasn't his original, if that wasn't his original vision, they just you know, got rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that that whole fight scene was amazing. They did, they did so many things. Well, I, I, like it's just like Tom said, a lot of it leaves your mind when you're talking about it. But um, to to I have to say, seeing Barry Allen actually useful in the end to have him not just moving around like Russian families, just which, why the hell were they living there in the first place? In the Justice like, I don't know. Like, like if any time you want to tell a girl to take, just take the kids and go, that's it right yeah. there. You know, he doesn't want he to just, leave. He must have something against like the Soviets. Right. I mean, like age of Ultron. <laughs> uh, then you got this poor Russian family. Right. Just right. like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, but they, they, Cold they War's them, over, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, no, it isn't. Uh, to to give him an actual meaning in the end, um, which is huge, right? They they lost, and he resets the timeline, and yeah. that whole sequence of rebuilding the ground as as he's running uh, to everyone's, you know, the organics of everybody just reforming. Oh, I the, love that you see level. like uh, Superman's like the bones yeah. in his arms and yeah. stuff. And yeah. in particular, too, when they get the cyborg, it reminds you he's a little bit of human, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. brings in some of the flesh with the the metal. Like it, the, to- the atomic level, it's really really cool that they did that. Uh, the, you know, they set up Ryan Troy as the as the Atom. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, where's where's Ray? Right? Where's Ray Palmer at? Yeah. But uh, rest in peace. Yeah, probably knowing uh, <laughs> knowing this, but to 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 go into that, I'm sure we'll have a whole thing on the, on the nightmare sequence. But that whole Hearing Deathstroke in discussion with Lex Luthor was really cool. Uh, the nightmare scene was amazing. Like I said, I'll save a lot of that for that. Uh, but the defeat of Steppenwolf to have to have super. The one thing I love about what Zack Snyder's always done, and he kept this, is he never compromises the strength of Superman. Mm-hmm. Superman can absolutely wreck Steppenwolf. Right? They don't dwindle them down. They don't do anything. They, ne- they never compromise his power without reason, without any reason. And that's one thing that Marvel really, really lacks in is, you know, Thor is the God of thunder. Then all of a sudden he's just locked in a chair and can't get out of it. You know, you can't use a, B and C and they do the same thing with the Hulk. You know, we never really got to yeah. see the Hulk fight who he needed to fight. They, 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 they kind of neuter these characters to fit a narrative. Mm-hmm. They don't do that with Superman. There was no plan to do it. And, Superman. 
Exactly. He, fl- he he did he did his flex, and this guy was nothing, and that set up what would be you know the vision of well, how's he going to do against Dark Side, right? Um, and the the build up where everyone working together like that was just amazing for the killing blow, you know, uh, uppercut by Superman. Um, you know, technically, I'd say Aquaman delivered the killing blow. You know, with actually putting the uh, trident <laughs> yeah. through his chest, and then Wonder um, Woman sent the head icing on the, the cake. Body. Exactly. <laughs> then Darkseid like crushes his skull. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he just yeah. cracks off the other. The light other goes horn. out yeah. in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonder Woman and Darkseid must have seen Zombieland. Right. They yeah. Definitely, right. They definitely <laughs> double tapped there. I, I always wonder. I always wonder when when Superman does the heat vision and just like kind of like just burns off. You know the his his right horn. I wonder if he was like, "Oh, that was attached to you." (laughs) (laughs) My bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was your armor. Uh, That and I actually really liked, honestly, the techno organic armor. I got I got to stick up for that. I thought I thought it was pretty cool. Um, It's uh, it was was creepy. At least give it like a color scheme of some sort instead of like pretty much being the same color as his flesh. but hey, Joshua Rogers, he's Team Superman, so he's he's right there with you, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. What, I mean, like, what's your defense of it? Why is it cool? I don't understand. Enlighten me. I, it's cooler than the other one. It is. The other one is archaic, right? It's much more archaic than than this one. This one obviously has like a techno organic look to it, um, but it. It fits the, the 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 you know them being called the new gods. It kind of fits that the narrative of that. They're they're very archaic, but in a futuristic sense, right? Um, right. A, a living armor makes complete sense. They they, they use their own relics, uh, but they found throughout you know the universe, and they battle with them. They didn't necessarily create them. Or maybe maybe they enchant some of them. It has a heavy organ or uh, it has a heavy um, archaic yet futuristic look to it. Uh, it might have been a little shiny. I don't know, but who, who the heck knows? Maybe if we saw it in real life, maybe it would look like that. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, so I, was... I, I can tell you, I've looked at some things in, 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 and this, this is what kind of allows me to excuse not only this movie, but other movies like CGI of things that look absolutely outrageous is, you know, how many times have you sat there and looked at something you're like, it doesn't, it doesn't even look real. Right. Like you, you can actually look at something that even in nature, in some cases say that, yeah. um, who the hell knows? Yeah. It's, yeah. I will say the benefit of the doubt, King, right there. I the guess. part where he like just flexes and snaps all the arrows like off of him when he's battling <laughs> uh, the Amazons. Uh, that part was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I like yeah. that he rocks a battle axe, like a two-handed right. battle axe. Yeah. Like that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jordan. Again, you just live in my mind because I was one hundred percent saving the nightmare sequence uh, as like my the big like talking point. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> all, all the, all the post like movie parts are just awesome. All yeah. I liked all of them. Yeah. So they are awesome, but I don't think they were necessary to tell the story. And now no. I know your point, Jordan, for like, you know, he was, it, let, let him show what his vision would have been if we were in an alternate universe where he just got to do it. Right. <clears throat> but at the same time, like just tell your story. <laughs> Yeah. Focus on the story. I don't know, but I think they are real quick, real quick. Like, um, I I guess my question that what, what isn't his story out of it though? It again, like the, the after sequences are just setting up new stories 
which we're not going to get. Most of them were shot when it was reapproved or like when it was announced that he would be allowed to do it. So it's like, yeah, let's just let's go ahead and shoot like all these after scenes and add them into something that it's not part of the story. It's not part of the, the, the Snyder cut, right? They're sure. just, they're, they're launch pads for movies that I already said I'm never going to make. Cause I'm done making comic book movies. So I think, um, I think so the it, only one that was actually like newly written is the nightmare sequence. I think all the other correct. ones of the epilogue were already there. Yeah. So uh, it, his 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 main idea behind this was, well, if they want to see the Snyder Cut, I want them to see how I was going to do it. And those cliffhangers were there prior to this. And I guess I guess the only critique you should you could say is, or maybe what you're trying to say is, he should have wrote an ending to it, an actual ending to it. And maybe those should have been the the reshoots. Uh, but you know, it's it, like like I know you understand my point that it's yeah. he. It, this is how it was intended to go. And I don't, I don't think that the movie would have the movement that it has unless he actually showed how it was intended to go, right? <clears throat> I think, I think that's what's what's kind of creating this ph- phenomenon. And if he sacrificed that really in any any way, which I'm sure there were some sacrifices we don't even know about, but if he sacrificed that end end game of the ironically of of the actual movie, <laughs> uh, the buildup of you know this, this is a reason why Superman annihilates Steppenwolf because we should fear the guy that's on the weird big screen in front of us here, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but that, that's, that, that's, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Just, you know, tell the story and he did, yeah, you know, and, and, and like I said, that's, that's a personal thing of mine, you know, but so like, I don't, I don't necessarily hold it against the movie. I just feel like that, you know, that, that would have been some time that could have freed up and then maybe some things like the mother boxes could have been developed. <laughs> well, I say, oh. I agree with our friend, Joshua Rogers here. Uh, the whole point of all these cliffhangers <laughs> leads to HBO Max attempting to buy the Snyderverse from WB, which I I actually did glance at an article today saying the same thing. But WB is, of course, the worst studio in the existence of mankind. So, well, it um, used to be Fox. It used to be Fox. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> WB's giving them a run for their money. Yeah, uh, I think I it mean, still is. I think it still is Fox. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> if I. You know, uh, but that's that's just me. I, I it's starting to get. I mean, you know, they're they're pissing me off. <laughs> Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, he I says, mean, the Snyderverse I think they gained enough momentum to have it happen, which right. It's starting to look that way, and I have my fingers crossed for sure. I was thinking that earlier when you were saying, you know, WB and HBO. It's weird to hear those two together because I consider them completely different in nature. Like WB is that overreaching executive board and then hbo is like that hey if you want to make something crazy and ridiculous but it's going to work and be great and people are going to love it that's what we want so i feel Mm. like space jam (laughs) yeah i I feel like i just feel like you know is he setting like is that in the background like really happening to where he just put all those there because he's building it and they will come so he's like, I might as well just put these all out there. They're going to love the movie and everyone's going to demand I continue this. And HBO's going to be like, all right, well, then <clears throat> I, I, I will also give credit to. Um, I don't know if credit's the right word, but like definitely with all of blogging and everyone thinks that they're a journalist these days, there there is a lot of misinformation and clickbait that get, gets tossed around. And so, like, you know, there's there's lots of articles and people that have these you know supposed quotes 
um, that, you know, that Zach said, no, I never want to make another comic book movie again. Or that like, no, I still want to make it. I want to make this happen. Right. You know, vote for me. Like there's so much of that going on that like, mo- like I will admit that that definitely played into my judgment against these, these after scenes. Cause it's like, why would we put that in there? If he, you know, the last thing I heard is he doesn't want to make any more comic mm-hmm. movies. I, as soon as I do this, I'm done. Right. Um, you know, that, that was kind of the last thing I heard. And so definitely that affected when I was watching those scenes, how I felt mm-hmm. about them. So screw yeah. you guys, you bloggers shut your <laughs> mouths for a little bit. <laughs> well, Tom, you should know by now, everything on the internet is true. Yes. Um, so Josh, our boy Josh, he's just chiming in. I love it. Uh, he says Superman annihilated Steppenwolf because they <laughs> need to show why these a-holes were afraid of him. Great point. He also says, I hope they pull Disney and buy the whole studio, which I'm assuming he's speaking of HBO buying WB, which would make sense. Uh, and then Space Jam. I think he encapsulates all of our feelings right there. Space I Jam. I don't think yeah. HBO could ever buy WB. For lots of reasons. HBO is owned by AT&T and WB is owned by Time Warner. And they are huge competitors. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> huge. Uh, you know, huge. One, one really cool thing also, I'll just add on to this, um, of things that I loved was, uh, it was kind of an Easter egg when, well, I'll, I'll give Flash two, two, pieces, two more pieces of credit here. Uh, in the scene where he's saving Iris, I'm assuming mm-hmm. Iris, um, the truck, it has a, uh, it says, Gardner Fox produce on it. And Gardner Fox was the um, original idea, uh, or the original person who encapsulated the idea of bringing a bunch of characters together in the 1940s, uh, which made the first superhero team, the Justice Society. And uh, there was one other name. Who was it? I think it was Shel- Sheldon Mayer, I think, the other person that's a whole lot of credit. But doing that, and um, Gardner Fox was also the same person who. Uh, was told to kind of relaunch these characters during the Silver Age, where you put Alan Scott aside and gave, you know, the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan at the time, was introduced as, as the Silver Age Green Lantern, all sci-fied out, and uh, also, uh, you know, putting uh, uh, Barry Allen in the seat of the Silver Age Flash for the first time. Gardner Fox was, you know, uh, tasked with with relaunching the Silver Age of of comics in that aspect, and I think they put the Gardner Fox produce in there is perfect because it was, you know, it was this whole thing was not like produced in a cinema sense, but it was produced by Gardner Fox, right? It wouldn't, it was none of this would, would happen without his right. ideas. And um, a fun fact too is that Julius Schwartz, the uh, when when he took over for DC, you know, they wanted to think of an idea to launch a new team at the time, and that was the first time it was launched was. Ju- the Brave and the Bold 28 for the Justice League of America first coming out. And he was a huge sports fan. So you ever wonder how League got in the term of after justice? It's because he was a big baseball fan. <laughs> you, you know, let's use, you know, the baseball league idea will be the justice. So the Justice Society will be the Justice League. Oh. It's, it's a, it's always a fun fact that always stuck with me. That's pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Um, one more thing I just want to ask before we go into that, that scene real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when cyborg goes into the mother boxes, did anyone else feel like it was too easy for him? I'm trying to remember when he went into the mother just, box. Like, he see, he sees like his, yeah, at the very end, he sees his parents like standing with him and like, we can fix everything and <clears throat> be a family again. And I feel like, like, Nope. 
and then it like it like because there was a lot of premonition not really premonition but like there was a lot of buildup <clears throat> you know he well he did have a premonition about about the whole thing going in and that you know it was built up there's gonna be a very dangerous task that only he could do and that he was probably going to die and not survive and that like that there was a lot that was made it out to be like this big ordeal and it was going to be this insane moment character moment for him <clears throat> and it was a good character moment but it was just like nah you're not real <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, to be fair he did he did die and fail you know at first so well, that like, was before he went get, in the boxes, though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the, the the dangerous part was getting into the box. But well, um, I don't real know. quick, the the ease of access that that Cyborg has with that, and this is kind of a new Fifty Two thing, um, but from twenty eleven. But they really flex that he understands that, or you, you really see the the power of the you know techno organic part of him that he can communicate with not only the just machines and rebuild them on Earth, but he can also do the same thing uh, with alien tech, and you know the mother boxes themselves are alien tech, and and to go along with what you're saying is absolutely easy for them, uh, but it it also should be, but it's weird for the, the the audience, like like what you're saying is it looked too easy, right? It's definitely within his reach of powers. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, I just, but- it, yeah, I just I I, th- I think that yeah, it looked too easy with with how much they built it up to be like this is it, you know, this is your pinnacle. Um, this makes or break the breaks the universe. You're probably going to die and you know it. And then it was like, yeah, no big deal. I got this walk in, walk yeah. out. No problem. I, f- I feel like to, <laughs> like me, it just, yeah. to me, it just, to me, I felt like there was too much buildup for that, for that. <laughs> right. I mean, where I did complain about like his brooding in most of the movie I think that did build up to it because I think he got all his angst out in the movie. And by the time he gets to that point, he's really kind of like, I know what I am. I know what I can do and I can do this. He seemed very confident going into it. So Mm -hmm. to me, it made sense when, I mean, the mother box has tried to do the same old trick where they're like, Oh, I'm going to show you your dead family and you can have it all back. And like, that's a really boring thing. And as a as cyborg, I feel yeah. like, oh, I know this trick. This is stupid. Right. You know, it, to me, that's how I kind of <laughs> justify it. Well, I'm like on their way there, right? He fixes the the ship that they're flying on. He's like, yeah, she was made or she was like born to fly or whatever. She wanted. Like, she, yeah, she was. She was itching to fly. Or yeah. Something. And then Bruce is like, so are you? Gives him a pat. And then <laughs> cyborg's like, you're right. And then he's nothing can stop me now. <laughs> um but i do love uh the the line he says you know like i'm not alone or whatever uh which ties into the the tragedy of Zack snyder's family right and then like you even get that scene i forgot to mention this in the parts that i liked but after he comes and gets barry and they drive away you have the like you know you're not alone oh, yeah. suicide Men- prevention mental board. health awareness sure. um like those two things right there kind of like got me just knowing, you know, all of the stuff that their family's been through and stuff. And so I thought it was really cool to include those two very specific things, uh, you know, within all of this, but um, yes, we're approaching two hours and I really want to dig into this nightmare scene. So um, yeah. So, I loved the apocalyptic visions and dreams that Cyborg and Bruce had, right? And this very much has to do with Barry Allen changing 
uh, like bending time, right? Because you see uh, when they're going to resurrect Superman, um, the cube actually touches the water before Barry gets there, right? So he has to reverse time a little bit and it you know comes back up and then they're able to do it. And it wasn't until they reversed the time there that Cyborg has his like vision of the future or the alternate timeline or whatever you want to call it. Uh, where, you know, uh, Wonder Woman's dead and just like roasting on a fire. Uh, Aquaman's being impaled by Darkseid in Atlantis. Superman's cradling <laughs> Lois's like scorched corpse in the Batcave. The ruins of the Batcave, I should say. Uh, and then Darkseid walks up and like you know, in a consoling way, places his hand on Superman's shoulder. And that's kind of like the moment that Superman turns to the dark side. Uh, that was really terrible. I'm sorry. Please don't give me a sympathy laugh for that. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, then you see Superman fly, like evil Superman flying over the Hall of Justice, like holding Batman's cowl uh, that he like ripped off of him from Batman or Superman. They said towel um, for a second. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Batman like, was actually showering <laughs> and <laughs> Superman did the most evil thing and took his towel <laughs> and all of his clothes. Completely naked other than his mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> um, but like that scene was really cool. And at the time, like I, at the time, huh? um, I didn't really like understand what caused it. Right. And it, this it kind of plays off of, you know, with, Superman holding Batman's mask. Don't want to confuse Jordan anymore. Um, but this plays off the Batman versus Superman nightmare, right? Where Batman gets captured and, you know, his heart ripped out basically by Superman. The mask is ripped off there. Um, but again, that scene in Batman versus Superman alone was rather confusing and jarring because you're like, what the this is out of nowhere. And then like, you have the part where Barry's like reaching through and you think that's also part of the dream where he's like, she's the key. Lois is the key. Like you have to like, you're right about him. I'm too early. Am I too early? Like you got to find us. And when you get to th this point, uh, especially, you know, with flash re completely reversing time, saving the day at the end, um, like all that whole scene, like makes sense. And you're like, Oh, Holy crap. Like, Bruce had that vision in Batman vs Superman because Barry Allen went back in time to <clears throat> warn him about the alternate timeline ultimately coming true if they don't, you know, fix this thing. Um, and then you have the nightmare at the very end, which I'm assuming is you know caused by Barry saving the day and reversing time of you know the epilogue where Bruce is in the same post-apocalyptic. Uh, apocalyptic timeline from both Batman vs Superman and Cyborg's vision. Um, and he's standing there with Cyborg and Flash in his cool armor suit, which is the same armor suit from Batman vs Superman when he comes through time there. Uh, you have Mara, you have Deathstroke, and the Joker, which are two very unsuspecting people that you know took me off guard seeing them. And then you have the whole like mon like speech between the Joker and Batman. Uh, with the Joker taunting Batman and then, you know, about allowing Lois to die. And like, he's like, how many timelines are you going to, you know, destroy because you're, you know, 
too stubborn to die yourself or something along those lines. And then uh, Batman retorting with like, yeah, well, when I was holding Harley Quinn in my arms as she was dying, she wanted me to kill you and I will, and it will really suck for you. And like that whole exchange was just like super cool, but it, it makes you wonder like one, how does this link up with the first pro post credit scene, like from the original justice league with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, right? Uh, there has to be a link there. Like maybe that was the plan for justice league Two, diving into like Deathstroke going after Batman and ultimately figuring out that he like was, I don't know, Lex Luthor in a way to get at, Superman, he kills Lois Lane in Batman's Batcave, and then Superman thinks like uh, Batman was somehow behind it, and then that's what makes him turn to evil Superman. I don't know. And then the other well, question that comes up is like, why is the Joker so important to fixing these this timeline, right, and preventing Lois from dying? Like, I, I don't know. So I just wanted to spew all that out there to all of you guys, and I want to hear all of your thoughts. And takes on it I, one thing and this you know something that jordan has talked about a few times um when so the scene with deathstroke and uh lex luther on the boat which is also in the whedon cut um but you know that that scene was being written at the same time that ben affleck and Zack snyder were writing their batman movie um so Zack Snyder, like he's he's been pro like an executive producer on basically everything DC uh, since Superman. Uh, you know he helped write Wonder Woman, he helped write Aquaman. Um, but he and and Ben Affleck were writing together this movie, and so you know, my, like I thought that like that was like going to be for the next Batman movie. Um, that that scene in particular, not not necessarily dealing with Justice League, but it was more for. Uh, that that I was actually like very Batman excited for because I actually right. love Ben Affleck as Batman. Me too. I think he's very underrated and unrightfully hated as Batman. He's <laughs> probably... My, I like him a lot more than Christian Bale anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's my favorite, but he is up there. He's he's a top. There's your next uh, eight-man <laughs> bracket <laughs> tournament. Best cinematic Batman. Uh, right. Jordan. Let, let's hear you break these down. Um, so, so yes, uh, the, the Deathstroke scene was um, kind of like my example earlier, like, like Tom was saying, it's, it's a, it's a, it ends this movie in a way as a launch pad to know what each of these characters are going to go into their own solo film after the movie. Um, you know, Barry's getting a job obviously at the crime lab. So he's launching that way. Cyborg is, gonna make sweet love to an outlet or something like that he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna you know he's gonna continue that path um you know superman is getting you know trying to figure out what you know like lois is pregnant he's probably gonna bail i'm just kidding um he's <laughs> he's, he's sitting there like trying to resettle into life right um and uh aquaman leaves to see his father He's going to see his dad at the, you know, the, the lighthouse. So mm -hmm. um, the, you see him drive away, right? That kind of brings you into the Aquaman movie. Um, so the, the idea though is, you know, Deathstroke was supposed to go after Batman in that solo movie. So it's, there was a lot with that, which had they done that, this nightmare scene would have been even more important because you would have seen the, the battle between them and the, the, 
I mean, Deathstroke was, if, if they were doing that movie correctly, Deathstroke should basically almost kill Batman, but Batman figures way out of it, obviously. But Bat, it should be one of the first times you see Batman show fear in, in a movie, honestly, if, if they do that correctly, um, yeah. which would lead a lot, in, like I say, into this nightmare scene. The nightmare scene, um, going through all these different things, um, before before this movie was you know shown the light of day, I always used to say to people like, oh, you know, the, the idea was that we get to see um, Superman given to the anti-life equation, right? Which, which is just so you guys know, it's basically an equation that you mind control anyone across the universe, which just makes an endless army. It's just the whole idea of it. But what that shows is the death of Lois just turns him on, on it, like upside down right then and there. And that may, that seems a little weird, but obviously it shows his, emotional attachment to Lois and that's yeah. enough to turn him into rage. Right. But Which I mean, is, our, is it really that weird though? Because she was the, the one thing that retethered him. Yes. Right. He, so he, it's not yeah. that outlandish to think that her death would undo everything that happened in that whole sequence. Yeah. Really. I, I guess I would say that I, I'm cool with it, but I was also cool with the Martha scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know how to, how to do, I don't know. I don't know what the level is here. Um, I mean, it's, it, it is, you know, that was done in injustice as well. Like that, that yes. attachment is, is I think widely accepted Superman and Lois. Um, but which does make me wonder, like, <laughs> what if she cheated on him? Like, what if the baby's not his? <laughs> it was really Bruce's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bruce's like, I gotta kill this guy quick. Uh, he kryptonite stat. Uh, and, and not only that is the, the, the flip of Superman like that, it really shows you the desperation of why Bruce was the way he was in Batman or Superman, because he almost was obviously willing to kill to get this kryptonite to stop Superman. Right. And all of a sudden the fact that the uh, this apocalypse world would come from something so simple like that, you really understand Batman a little bit more in Batman versus Superman. Like you're like, man, this guy's kind of a mean jerk. And you're like, Oh my God, he's right. I wish he killed him. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, what makes, what makes Joker so important is Joker is the one that, kills Lois in the Batcave. So Joker is the key as in a, he has to stop this. He has to stop the Joker from doing it. Right. And as we see these scenes happen more and more, the, the Harley Quinn reveal is you see Joker kind of tremble and he's like, Oh, he almost got me there. Right. Mm. So there, I, I, I feel like we're seeing multiple timelines and Joker even mentions that, but we're seeing multiple timelines and in each of these timelines, Batman's figuring it out a little bit more, multiple premonitions of how, how to stop this from happening. So it's they kind of go into the whole like glitch in the Matrix thing. Like if you're like, oh, that was kind of deja vu. Well, what Zack Snyder did in this was if you're part of this crazy future and you're around Barry Allen and Barry Allen sends a ripple through the timeline, you see part of that ripple. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives you your own little premonition. And one might be like, oh, that was, that was kind of weird. I feel, like, I feel like I just got gas in my car yesterday. Or you're like, I'm part of a rebel apocalyptic team, right? It's, right. It's, it, whatever it is, it is. But that is him, him exploring that is obviously um, the significance of the, of the Joker in that. And one thing real quick, ironically, is in the destruction of the Batcave where you know Superman's holding Lois it's super ironic in the back right in the back right corner. You see uh, Robin's suit still standing there, mm. and it's funny. It's uh, not funny. But he died in an explosion, but this explosion happens. But his suit's still standing. It's just kind of uh, I don't <laughs> know if he's it was like a play on it or what, but uh, it's a little the ironic. irony. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, there we could do an entire episode just on like the Easter eggs and this nightmare scene. There's so much stuff there. Yes. Um, but let's go. Uh, let's do a couple of comments from our boy Josh here before we move to Nick. Uh, he says the ghost type personification of the boxes was pretty cool. I agree. Uh, I liked how they made them like a horror movie. Uh, very much so. That was definitely uh, pretty creepy there as old Vic was easily dispatching them. Um, but yeah, thanks, Josh, for, for chiming in tonight. I appreciate that. Uh, but Nick, what, what, how did you feel about, um, like, first off, the nightmare scene at the end of, of the Snyder Cut? But uh, also, you know, Cyborg's premonition and even tying back all the way to the Batman vs. Superman nightmare. Yeah, so honestly, I didn't understand the Batman vs. Superman nightmare at all. Like, I was completely confused by it. Like, why? Did, how does this fit in? Um, and the fact that then, you know, they reintroduce, they, they mention him multiple times because Batman obviously, you know, even says he has a premonition or whatever. Yeah. Um, he alludes to it. So that was kind of making sense in my mind more and more. And I was actually getting them confused if they had a, uh, one of these scenes in the Justice League. Do they or no? No, uh, no. They, they actually no, they're out. just like, uh, yeah, that never okay. happens. So, okay, uh, good. So then, it, okay, it's the Batman. Just be versus- eternally confused about that one scene in that one movie. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so then. I, well, the Justice League does have some nightmare scenes but they're very different yeah okay um but yeah i like the cyborg one because i just feel like it was impactful because he just kind of was like don't do it to barry and he was just like i don't know i can't quite hear you so i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna run (laughs) um so i i I just felt like you know that was a interesting moment for cyborg because he saw the same thing basically that bruce was seeing he was just like yeah let's not do this um after something they were very dead set on so i feel like that was very well used right and it was also kind of you know to me it wasn't entirely clear like you know was that the mother box doing that what you know what was causing him to see that but i think you explained it well with the whole flash thing i think i understand that a little bit more now um and then yeah this end one is super cool just because they threw in some extra characters here and you're just like, how do all these people get together? Um, I'll say anytime the Joker shows up, it's just always a fun time. You know, that guy knows how to throw a party no matter what the situation is. Um, Dude, he crushed it. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue was great. That, that setting is also just so great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, they're like trying not, have superman find them um and then like he like shows up um and i mean i don't get all the easter eggs in it just because i'm just not that in the loop on those things but it was like a great scene and like you said tom like the cinematography there is just really good like somehow he just really captures this this alternate timeline just destroyed earth yeah whole sequence of events i mean I definitely liked it and I like it makes me want more of it um, naturally. Like that's where they want you to go with this whole thing and it strings right. it all together. Um, but, you know, to your point about the whole Lois Lane thing, I feel like that's a big downer on Superman. Like, dude, like get over it. I don't know. Like that should not be your crutch on the entire existence. Um, <laughs> it's a weak plot point, but whatever. 
I mean, I, I will say that the <clears throat> grief is a very powerful emotion. And so a lot of that really comes down to timing and, and how this, that story is told. Um, Dude takes a long time to cope with things. That's all I'm saying. Like he is slow <laughs> to the ball game. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I will say, uh, I didn't realize it at first until thinking about it after that last scene ended. Like I was wondering, I'm like, where is Aquaman? Where is Wonder Woman? But that's all explained in cyborgs. Like they're yep. dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, I just love um the beginnings of you like really actually utilizing the multiverse in storytelling rather than just as like a, a gimmick to be like, Oh yeah, we have the multiverse too. Like um, we, we kind of yet to really see Marvel really use it. Right. I mean, they just teased it. They bonered us with, uh, you know, Evan Peters. Um, but um, like, with this, they, there's actually like a very heavy story element, right? They're trying to prevent this alternate timeline in this one multiverse, right? Where Superman turns evil and like, how are they going to stop him? Well, um, it gets you more behind Batman's point in yeah, killing him, like you said. Exactly like, like Jordan said, yeah. 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 And the yeah, same thing um, with Cyborg, and he saw it too. So you're almost like this mm-hmm. whole time, it's like, yeah, don't resurrect him, <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yes, do it for the sake of more movies and let's see it, but also don't do it. Like, it's a bad yeah. idea. Um, but yeah, it really makes me wonder, like, what could have been in Justice League two and three? Like, oh, you'll see. Um, yeah, I just, I'm hey, at this point, like, one, I can't believe, like Tom said, I can't believe anything I read on the internet because. There's for every article that's saying Zack Snyder will never make another comic book movie, or there's no chance that there will ever be a DCEU. There's another article saying like HBO wants to buy the Snyderverse. You know what I mean? So like who knows at this point and like the fact that this movie even happened in the first place because of fans going viral with a hashtag, right? Wanting to demanding to see this. This is like, Though, to me, the only thing that, like, net positive of this whole, like, Twitter mob, like, not to spiral this podcast. Uncancel culture. Uncancel Zack Snyder. (laughs) It it finally worked in my benefit somehow in a positive way. (laughs) Instead of destroying somebody or canceling someone, we made, like, we made something happen. That's amazing. But maybe not to wanna, WB, but to everyone else, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I, also want, I also just want to say that, like, uh, that scene showed Jared Leto as a viable Joker, where up until this moment, he was he was unfairly mocked. And I say unfairly because Suicide Squad is another example of studio overreach, which, you know, is kind of what I opened with. Right. No. Um, and David is. David, David Ayer, right? Ayer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's come out and said that release the air cut. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I have, I have the air cut. Like, I feel like every director and... is going to pull that card now. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I got it. But like, watching Suicide Squad, it's obvious. Like, y- you can you can see like the artificial like studio involvement, right? And so, like, 
and I remember reading stories about like how Jared Leto was on set and like how he really just tried like you know method acting really tried to embody the Joker and was playing pranks on the other actors doing some pretty <laughs> messed up stuff um and like I was really he interested and he definitely <laughs> had his legs cut out from him from that movie so like if nothing yeah. else it does feel like less his fault <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say like Yes, that Joker was terrible, but it's not because of Jared Leto. Like he's in the wrong movie. He was just doing one what he was told to do, and then like it just got mismashed into whatever we got. And it, and it probably was only like maybe it wasn't even that terrible, but the editing choices that were made, they just picked the weirdest yeah. crap to throw in there. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, like, I'm sure there was a lot that could have justified it, or like that would have made it a lot more interesting. I just. I mean, who knows? No one except David Ayer. Uh, <laughs> right. True. David, we know you're watching. Would you Would you jump yeah. on for a minute here? <laughs> yes, please. What happened? Uh, one One thing you can also do to kind of look at the, the contrast of, of how the movie changed really quick is look up the Comic-Con trailer, the San Diego Comic-Con trailer of the Suicide Squad, and compare that to the first official trailer for the Suicide Squad. You have a completely different soundtrack. And the visuals go from just like a, a deeper and darker color scheme to the bright pink bubble gum chewing, whatever yeah. bubble gum crisis. They uh, like the cover like, of the movie. Mm-hmm. They actually oh, like God. Yeah. hired a completely different editing studio. And that's why that difference is there between the trailers. It's, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. So dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> terrible. Yeah, and it, the, the, you can tell the original intent was to feel sorry for these characters and make it like a, you know, like just you feel bad for them in the end, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, instead, we're just like, I don't know, Killer Croc was so bad, I can't. <laughs> well, that's kind of how the Suicide yeah, Squad man. comics are, is like, they're, it's, it's not light and bubbly and fun. Like, it's dark. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about people that are being manipulated to <laughs> by, by the government, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and David Ayer is a fantastic director. Like I haven't really been disappointed by too much of his work. So like, yeah, it is to me a total bummer. And again, studios, man, studio overreach. <laughs> it's got to stop. It really does, man. Um, real quick. I want to say something super, this kind of is out of left field here. Um, when Superman puts on the black suit, I just, I just had to just actually say how cool this is to, to hear both of his fathers echoing each other, not echoing each other, but like almost doing like a duel of, of points of what kind of man, you know, he, he took so many different advice, different advice from both of his fathers that he kind of became like a hybrid of them. He took the, the mm. best of both their advices and went forward with it to hear the dueling advice going back and forth, going through his head. It's almost, it was like a, it was like a quick fast forward of man of steel. He got to hear all the advice coming back to his mind and he kind of rem- remembered who he was out of that, out of that discussion between his two fathers and him. That is just, again, I know it's completely out of left field, but that's one of the things I absolutely loved about the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like the wisdom of earth and the wisdom of Krypton coming together. Yes. For his, for his moment of rebirth, really. Mm -hmm. And you have that great, great moment and it's completely undone by Lois Lane dying. So just throw that all out the window. (laughs) Completely worthless. Sorry, dads. Sorry, planets. You're worth. You're nothing. They they never had the talk with him, though. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I 
cautiously am optimistic that something due to the hype and the reception of the Snyder Cut uh, will lead to Justice League 2 and maybe Justice League 3 and maybe the restoration of the DCEU through Zack Snyder's eyes. Um, I just, I love DC so much and it breaks my heart that their film <laughs> Extended Universe is so garbage. <laughs> Trip and fell a little bit. It like broke both of its legs and then while it was trying to get up, it like broke both of its arms and now it's just yeah, kind of like there, laying there. <laughs> we could have like kinda, a one other... arm came up with Wonder Woman, yeah. the first Wonder Woman, and then second Wonder Woman came out and it just got cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84 was so bad. I, so, I, I, I it's just... basically Victor Stone pre mother box at this point. Like. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think if they were to keep Zach involved, you know, I think they should just kind of mush on with everything, but create maybe like a, another movie or just the nightmare. Right. Let's see what that, what that would have been if it played out the way it, way it did. You know, it's, I, yeah. I think you can do that without sacrificing the direction that they're going in right now. Um, especially because it's, it's got a little bit of puzzle and mystery to it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do overall, I like the Aquaman movie. I love the Shazam movie. I'm excited for black Adam. Um, there's, you know, It'd be, it, it's yeah. it's hard to want to compromise that. I'm I'm pretty optimistic for the new Suicide Squad movie too, honestly. Same, uh, but the cool thing is here, like, is, I mean, even though the Flash movie is coming soon, would come sooner than a Justice League two or three. With it being the Flashpoint story, like, you can let Zack Snyder finish out his his Snyderverse, right? And then the Flashpoint can just reset everything. You and then you could. can just move forward however you want with whatever versions of these heroes you want to use because of the flashpoint, you know, my, my interpretation of what the flashpoint is going to be. Uh, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think they're going to do a lot of what um, Barry Allen did on the CW rather than go through different timelines. He's going to go to different earths through the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So maybe, Maybe they could stop at the Earth where, where Flashpoint happens, right? But I don't know if he'll actually exist in that timeline the whole time or what he'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially with Keaton being involved, if he's still involved, I'm starting to see things where he may not be involved. I don't know. It's, again, you can't, you can't exactly. see him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it seems like he's going to like Earth hop in a way. But right. I, who knows? Who knows? I, I also yeah. thought Superman would give in to the anti-life, anti-life equation. That never happened. So Yet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but one quick side note about the CW uh, Arrowverse and the, the Flashpoint and all that stuff. I always thought it was really cool that Ezra Miller's Flash made an appearance on the Flash show. Yeah. One time. That was pretty neat. And the fact he didn't know about the quote-unquote crisis, right? And maybe that was you know, Ezra Miller's Flash going through different Earths, right? Maybe yeah. that's part of the Flashpoint movie that we don't even know yet. Maybe they'll put that in the Flashpoint movie if he's going through different yeah, areas. And it even keeps that like terrible like sitcom quality to it too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, so we're we're approaching two and a half hours. So I think we should probably wrap this up now. So I think the overall consensus is we really enjoyed this movie. While it still has a few things here and there, um, overall, it was a great experience. And uh, personally, I think it ties together a lot of the story from Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman pretty well. Uh, much better than the, the Justice League did. And I am left wanting more. And 
ultimately sad that it probably won't happen. But that's my opinion. So real quick, just a real quick 30-second summary. Tom, closing thoughts here. Closing thoughts. You know, uh, uh, I, I wrote a spoiler-free review uh, for, for our website. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I stand by that. The more I think about it, there is like more things that I can pick apart. But there still was just so much that I loved about it. There was so much emotion drawn to it. <clears throat> I really loved and I really felt like the characters and specifically their powers were respected. Um, kind of like what Jordan said, how Marvel really has no problem cutting, cutting out powers and, and underpowering their heroes. This one, this doesn't do that. And I really loved that. Nick, what you got? I really liked it. Um, I, I would, I I'm going to rewatch um, man of steel. Batman vs Superman, definitely Batman vs Superman, because um, that's the least watched one for me. Just because I think it was in a weird time, um, but I love a lot of things about it just because it was that that four hour epic that I think it needed to be, and for better or worse, it just really took it to that next level for me. Mm-hmm. And also, do we, regardless of what happens in the future, do we get to keep this Lex Luthor as like? I think that's a pretty divisive character, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I love this. I don't know how many how many <laughs> times Lex Luthor has been portrayed live action. None, one uh, more, more actually, probably more than you think. But it's you know, it's, uh, there's there's well, some I don't even know about that. I keep hearing yeah. about like what? <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I really like Jesse Eisenberg. I he was just for me he was a little too zany for a Lex Luthor <laughs> character in Batman v Superman, but. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that can be fixed. I, like I don't have a problem with him being. I feel like they, I feel like this was setting him up to be fixed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, if you do rewatch Batman vs Superman, get the hit the extended cut. Yeah. Yes, the exactly. Cut. Yes. Um, so Jordan, closing remarks. What you got? I think. Over the course of what DC Comics has been doing this for, I mean, solid for, I mean, between a couple of different publications, close to 80 years now, obviously, a little over some characters. Um, I think, I think Zack Snyder delivered a movie that if a lot of these people were, you know, alive and around still, they'd be pretty happy with, you know, especially um, through, I mean, almost every interpretation of these characters was. Uh, I don't mean this in a bad term, but littered, littered into it. You know, there was um, the fight scenes were epic. The drama was was there, but it wasn't CW drama. It was actually good drama. You know, we actually felt you feel bad for Cyborg. You you awkwardly feel bad for, you know, uh, Flash. It makes you say to yourself that, OK, you know, Batman is one end of the spectrum where he's a pulp character, can't really do anything. And Superman can throw planets across a galaxy if he wanted to. And everything else fits in between these two characters. The whole DC universe fits between these two characters. And keeping them both in the spotlight and showing so many different powers and mythology and um, just all the different things that show in between these two characters is just the epitome of what DC Comics is to me, is what keeps me around as a reader. Um, and not only as a reader, but just as a, as a, you know, fanatic for the characters themselves. It's just, it, it, um, I almost said it 
it did everything justice. <laughs> I don't know what it might just keep happening. Why did this keep happening? I don't know. Um, turned him to the dark easy. side. It took me a second to get that joke, by the way. I almost, I almost lost it when I got it. Um, but yeah, it, this movie, it, it, uh, it did everything. The other one didn't do that. The other one felt like an episode of Justice League Unlimited, whereas this one felt like um, its own great Justice League novel. So, yeah. Very well put. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, first off, why did you spend two and a half hours listening to us spoil the crap out of it? <laughs> uh, oh, spoiler warning, spoilers. Yeah, so oh, crap, spoiler warning. Um, yeah, I, I'll probably rewatch it again. And I'll try to man up and go straight through. Uh, I, I loved it, and I'm so happy that it came to fruition. I did, while you guys were talking, sadly forget that we actually had a, a discord comment so i'm going to read it real quick um we don't have much time to dig into it and it's uh, a, a nice sized comment so we'll just read this and let it sit and uh thank you guys for listening um yeah here we go troidal power from our discord server uh, he says, I'll admit off the top that i know Zack snyder's general style and specific perspective aren't for me I thought it was more a more complete story than the original cut, but it was also massively bloated and boring slow mo or with blo- boring slow motion nonsense. Two specific things that stood out as bad were the fact that he shows how fast the Flash is by shooting him in slow motion, which is just bizarre, and the whole nightmare thing. Either it's just a dream, so who cares? Or Bruce Wayne for some reason has premonition powers in this world, which is dumb. Either way, Batman saying, and I will effing kill you, was silly and Edgewood nonsense that I don't think fits any version of that character. On the other hand, I was impressed with Leto's Joker. I didn't feel like a new take on that character, or it didn't feel like a new take on that character, but really a compelling mix of a lot of prior versions. I'd love to see that version of that character go up against someone else's take on Batman. And then he says uh, in a separate comment, that was super negative. Sorry. Uh, There's a lot I like about this movie, but I think I was soured on the idea of trying to cram so much into one single thing, even though I watched it spread out just changing the format to a mini series would have changed my perspective on it. So never feel bad about your opinion. Um, even if it's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, sound like Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sir, I will say hopefully by the end of this episode, if you did listen, uh, the premonition and nightmare scene makes a little more sense. I'm hoping that, um, you know, because in Batman vs Superman, it, it is, it kind of throws you out off there, but I think with the, like everything that we went into this episode kind of really explains why that happens because it even happens to cyborg. But anyways, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. If you tuned in the live stream, we appreciate it. Uh, Joshua Rogers. Thank you so much for chiming in, in the comments. It was really cool to, to be able to, you know, interact with you, uh, Tom and Jordan. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, Check out everything Be Hero on BeHeroMedia.com. They have a great podcast. They're super cool dudes. Uh, Definitely check them out and go support them. Uh, This Sunday night, um, tune in to the Falcon and Winter Soldier Companion Series with Jordan and I. We'll be breaking down tomorrow's, well, I guess by the time you hear this on Monday, the most recent episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And... Yeah, Nick, thanks for gracing us with Hobbs' presence tonight. I know. Um, that's uh, last thing. Check out all of our links on link.tv.
bit.ly slash showboyspodcast. Uh, you can find all of our social media and podcasting platform links there. And that will do it for us tonight. Until next time, have a good one. <laughs>